Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi everybody, welcome to Coach Menachem Berfeld tonight. Let's get real. Tonight is sheer 105, Rabbi Schoenfeld. You're number 105. You made it. We always start off every week thanking our people for coming every week and for joining. Um, again, this share is all based on the people that come here every week and tell people about it and put on the WhatsApp statuses and email and they let people know about it. And uh, as we say, so thank you all for coming. Tonight is a busy night. There's a lot of events happening tonight. So this is so happy to have everybody here. Thank you. Again, if anyone wants to join our, the WhatsApp chat, every Sunday I can send you the flyer. The number is 848-525-0066. 848-525-0066. Save my number, and I will send you the flyer every Sunday. If you want to sign up for the emails, you go to menachemberfa.com. You could sign up, and you get the weekly email, plus you get the recap we'll send to you and everything else that's happening in the Let's Get Real world. Everybody who's watching this video later on YouTube, you can click on the like button for Coach Menachem, subscribe. When the videos come out every Monday, 3 a.m. sharp, you get to click the, 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 the thing and um, you get to watch all the videos. A lot of people watch it later, as you know. And it's the people that are zeichet to be alive. They're the, they're the ones that get the schmack. I'm sorry for all the people watching it later, but uh, you got to try to make your Sunday nights available. Um, again, let's start off first with thanking all of our advertising sponsors for promoting us on all the digital platforms. The first, first the Lakewood Scoop over here in Lakewood for promoting us here in Lakewood every week. Thank you for Rabbi Yanir Chazak, Ellie and Ariel from Five Pound Central. A special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Summer from JCN, the Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us on all the digital platforms. The Coach Menachem Show is collaborating with OK Clarity to bring greater health and wellness to the Jewish community around the global. OK Clarity is the online platform for mental health support in the Jewish community. You can find the best therapists, coaches, nutritionists, engage in forums, and stay inspired. When Menachem sends out the emails, the links will be found in those emails. Um, before we get into it, let's just say over here again, if anybody's here the first time, every every Sunday night at 9.30, we bring on the most dynamic, amazing people, Rabbi Aaron Schofield, so I guess you must be an amazing, dynamic person. I happen to know he's amazing, dynamic, so he definitely fits the criteria, and we have different therapists, different Rabbanim, and Rabbi Schofield is a little bit of everything, so uh, we're going to have a Geschmack night tonight, because this is a Geschmack guy. It's going to be a Geschmacker topic, and we're going to have a great time. That's <laughs> Again, a lot of pressure. Um, that's a lot of Geschmack. Well, that's the topic, right? It says Geschmack. Okay. Everything's Geschmack. we got to make it all Geschmack. Um, again, for anybody who's here this week, next Sunday, next Shem, June 19th, we're going to have an amazing event with Reverend Ruven Epstein. He's known as the Dating and the Marriage Pro. So let's see if he really is. We'll find out next week. The topic is an open discussion about dating and marriage. Um, I know he gives a lot of classes, courses. He's dating a coach. So uh, we'll find out next week what he has up his sleeve. And um, please join us. It should be an amazing event, especially for anybody who's in the dating parish and even people that are married. He, uh, very big in that topic. And tonight, the discuss in the honor of Harry Rabbi Aaron Schofield, the world famous Night Seder America, who during the pandemic, the thousands of yeshivas were closed, no learning. And uh, he held up the world to Rabbim, right? And And hopefully, we'll be able to take some of his kayachas that we saw and be able to utilize in our own kids for our own chenach. Tonight, Shirish 105, we tried doing gematrias. We came out with a gematria of 105, like Kim Echad. Equals 105, God is one. So we're putting it all together, the Kim Echad for 105. And uh, Menachem, I know tonight's Geschmack. I don't know what Geschmack means, so maybe tell everybody 
what we're talking about here tonight and why is everybody here tonight? What's going on? For sure. Thank you very much. Welcome, everyone. Baruch Hashem, we're up to 105, and I want to thank you, Rabbi Ari Schoenfeld, for being with us tonight, Mitzvah Hashem. So, really, the topic tonight is, yes, um, we need, if you want people to do what, what you sell, it has to be Gishmah. So here we are, talking about Chinuch. Um, Peter Levine is someone who deals a lot with trauma, and he says, he discusses that trauma is not really what happened to a person. It's really what you do with it. If you have someone to talk to and to discuss it, to bring it out, instead of trying to talk to somebody and not really getting through, so the child or anybody has to suppress and put it away, hidden very, very, very far down, and you can't talk to anybody about it. And then you go on with life, hoping that everything's fine. But really deep down, something is going on. So talking about any relationship, not only your kids, but especially for your kids, they're just starting their journey. And they need you as the adult, whether it's the Rebbe, the parent, to be there for them. And that means to, to create a safe place. So if the child has something on their mind, they should be able to tell it to you. Now, it's, it's not easy. And uh, a lot of adults still have a hard time. We're learning about it, you know, slowly. But, you know, let's say a child says, I'm not in the mood of going to school today. What triggers into the, adult, the adult? You know, they have to go to work. They don't have time for this. You know, we'll talk about it later. Go, go catch the bus. There's no time now. And there's no later. Or anything that bothers a child, you know, they want to talk. They need to hear it out, understand. They need an adult for that. So here we are as the, the adults, whoever it is, to be able to learn how to create that space to listen, spend, to, to spend some time without judgment, no matter what they say. And it's hard for the adults, especially because we're already in the middle of our journey. So we're very smart. We have all the solutions, maybe. But when the child has a problem, we right away say, yeah, don't worry, it's going to be good. And we basically shove it under the rug and um, hope for the best. But what, the, what does the child tell itself? My concerns are not really something that we should talk about. My father's not interested, my mother's not interested. So basically, for those that that um, that do uh, do well, it looks like they're doing well in school, but really they're really shut down. And you know, the men would say, "I'm just a man." But if you didn't have a place where you can just just be and be okay with what comes up, with your thoughts, with with fears, and have a place where to discuss it. That is very important. And tonight, Amit Shem will hear more about it. Before we start, I speak a lot of times to Machanchem, to Rabbeim, and there are many that say, after two, three days, I, I understand my, you know, I, I could get all the boys in my class. I could see already. I get them. I know what they need. I understand them. So what I tell them is it's beautiful and it's amazing, but you have to take it to the next level. It's not enough that you understand the child. 
the child has to feel understood from the adult. And that can be much harder. You can be very smart and you see what the kid needs and how the kid works, but you want that kid should feel this person understands me. And many people, you know, you talk to adults, they have like one teacher, one Rebbe that, that they were able to connect to. Is that, that, that's where they felt understood. So what we really need to do is help the child should understand themselves. They should feel understood from us, feel okay, no matter what comes up, no matter what problems they have, and then help them figure it out. So sit there and create that space, which can be hard. So Bakshan, we have this first tonight to speak with Raya Shonfeld, which has a lot of experience, different platforms, different places. I sat with him for a few minutes. The stories that he has is really amazing. So I hope tonight we'll hear a little bit about it. And with that, we should take some tips that could help us and the kids around us and help us in any relationship with a lot of Siyat Rishmaya, Amazing. Thank you, Coach Menachem. Beautiful opening. Before we get into it again, tonight's share is called It's Kashmak to be a Kid, creating a chinuch environment that brings out the best in our children. Tonight's share, I'm saying it's a, a, a close neighbor of mine who every night never missed Night State of America. So it's Mitzvah Tzvi Kasira. So he was a real Talmud Muvik and he really loved coming every night. And uh, actually one of my neighbors won, I think, I think the electric scooter, Perth over here. So uh, he had a lot of Talmudim in my neighborhood. And uh, I'm going to read Rabbi Ari Schoenfeld's bio, and then we're going to watch a song for a few minutes because we have time. We have so much time tonight, and we'll see a little bit what he did. But uh, just again to recap, anybody who doesn't know him does know. During the time of COVID, there was literally, I mean, this 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 Zoom program is very small for Ari. Ari had close to two full Zoom accounts every night of thousands of boys learning, um, which was amazing. And, you know, it was a very difficult time for everybody. But he stood strong, and he really, as he said, he learned Zoom the day of the year, the day before. So he really wasn't a Zoom pro, but today it's like, I feel like, you know, most people say, oh, Usher, you know Zoom so well. I said, yeah, besides one guy, you probably know a little bit better than me. So that's Ari. So I'm going to read his bio, and then we're going to play the video, and everybody could see the video they made out of Night State of America, which I think was, you know, in Shemayim, probably an amazing, amazing thing. And uh, Rabari, when you go up there, you'll hook me up, right? Bottom line. <laughs> Rabari Schoenfeld is Benal Yeshiva Katana of Manhattan and director of Camp H, a sleepaway camp in Woodburn, New York. He's also created Night State of America, an interactive Zoom that reached thousands of Yeshiva boys during the COVID pandemic. And now, without further ado, we're going to put it on. Share the sound. Optimize video clip. Here we go. Ari, relax. I'll show you how it goes. As a silence fell upon the world And a thunderous voice was heard Every Jew alive Made a vow that never dies To heed and hear his word through the darkest times and all the pain Our deepest bond remains With a love so great That it cannot be betrayed We will never turn away 
Through centuries of exile, we have kept alive that ancient flame. We sit and learn together, forgetting our pain. While Hashem looks down from heaven to the Malachim, he proclaims aloud, just look at how my children make me Sounds better when a computer helps your voice. Though the world outside has closed its doors, Limutaira still endures. Our yeshivas closed. Locked down in our homes, yet connecting to our source. As we're reaching out from countless homes, our chabura swelled and grown till the surging voice. Of thousands of our boys will rise up to the throne. Through centuries of exile, we have kept alive that ancient flame. We sit and learn together, forgetting our pain. While Hashem looks down from heaven. Malachim, he proclaims aloud. Chazu, chazu, ubanai chavivai. We say Kadiyasvin Yisrael ba'askin b'simchas ha'Torah. Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells to the Malachim. He tells to the Famalia Delei. He says, Chazu, chazu, ubanai chavivai. Look at my children. Look at how they make me proud. Sitting and learning, coming together to learn at night voluntarily. And we have, for the last over a year, lived through a very, very hard time in our history. And throughout it all, we came together. Just look at her.
about right. It's supposed to have you here tonight with us. Give me one sec. To make sure that we uh yeah, we don't watch the next video. Barry, floor is yours. Beautiful. That is that is not an easy uh whew. that's an emotional video for Let's at least three. So uh Let's do the high part again. <laughs> it work it's a lot better when Donnie Gross is uh working on the computer to make your voice sound uh better. So first of all I wanted to thank Coach Menachem and uh and Rabashi for inviting me um here tonight. It's a tremendous Tremendous chus to be part of such a chush of a platform. I want to thank my, my friend uh, Tzvi Rubenfeld, who I think is the Shadchan, of uh, help making this happen. Um, and obviously, um, for me to be, uh, quote-unquote, back on Zoom, um, is it's nostalgic, it's deja vu, it's, we'll talk about it a little bit maybe for those that, that you know, aren't familiar with, with Night Seder America, but it's, watching the numbers grow and watching uh, Yoel Bergman join from Chicago, who's on tonight. Um, this is the first time he's allowed to text me, so he keeps texting me, hi, 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 because I, I would close the chat for uh, an essay. Um, and, you know, um, to see some of the regulars, there was a Henry Gross that was on a lot during COVID who's on tonight. I see Rabbi, the, the Bean, Rabbi Bienenfeld was one of our guest speakers, um, Nights of America. It's, it's, it's a... Um, an overwhelming schus to be part of such a chashva platform. And, and as this platform has been used in the past to really try to improve ourselves as mechanchim, as parents, as avdei Hashem, so just to try to share, um, you know, nara yisi begam zakanti, but just to try to share my, my limited experience. Baruch Hashem, now I have the schus of being the manal at a very, very chashiv yeshiv, yeshiv katan of Manhattan. I see some of the parents are on tonight, so I have to be very, very careful in, uh, <laughs> in how I um, speak. But, uh, it's, you know, I have a schuss of being part of a wonderful yeshiva. Um, I have a camp in the summer, but just really just to share my experiences and no chidushim, but hopefully we can grow from that. I want to tell you, I want to share what the moment, and I remember it well. I remember who it was with. I remember where I was, I remember everything about it, the moment that I decided I want to be a Rebbe. Um, it was Camp Kaita, and we were uh, learning Mesechta Sanhedrin, and I was giving shir, I had this chos, Macharus, was a Meir Shem in Birnbaum, very chos of a Shalomeshev, Magad Shir today, son of Shmuel Birnbaum, and I was giving shir in, a, in the sugya of Baba Machteris, and there was a 12th grader, who was struggling tremendously to understand the, the concept of Shinoi Kaina. Again, I'm not going to go through the Shikol Torah of Lachanan, but it was the Shikol Torah from Lachanan Wasserman on the, on the Pshat and Shinoi Kaina. And I remember walking with him around the camp during First Seder. I would tell him the Kasha, the Teretz, and he just didn't get it. Again, Kasha Teretz didn't get it. And I would try maybe this muscle, maybe this, maybe this. It, it was like a half hour, and I thought it was pretty simple. It's a pretty simple Kasha Teretz from Lachanan Wasserman. And after a half hour, like the light bulb went on. And this boy, he turns to me and he says, I got it. And he said back to me, the Vart. Well, he nailed it. He got it. And I ran into Rabbi Gershon Kramer, the head counselor of, of the camp, my, one of my Hashiv Rebbeim. And I said, Rabbi Kramer, I think I want to be a Rebbe. And he's like, oh, no. And he said, uh, and he said, why? I said, because I never got such sipuka nefesh from seeing the joy on his face of chapping the var. 
It was, it was a vart that I thought we should have gotten. And it was again and again and again. And when the light bulb went on, I loved it. And um, I think that what makes a, a competent Rebbe, a successful Rebbe, and really, you know, we're all Rebbeim, whether we're parents, whether we're, you know, aunts, uncles, um, anyone that's, uh, you know, anyone that's in a position to be native and to have an impact on others, that's, we, we all have that achrayas. And what makes a Rebbe connectable is the ability to enjoy and get a gishmak, as that word was used many, many times already tonight, is to get a gishmak out of what that child feels and experiences. It's, it's that ability to connect on a real, visceral, real, deep level to his experience. And that he sees that, he or she sees that in a real way. And, and there's, there's a very chash of a word from Rav Yitzchak Kutner, the Pachid Yitzchak, that in Pashas B'Shalach, you have the Mulchama for, for Deiris between Klal Yisrael and Amalek. And Moshe Rabbeinu, the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayim Moshe Yeshua, Bechar Lanu Anashim. Go choose for us men, you know, gather up men to, uh, to wage war. And it's a Pella, because Moshe Rabbeinu was my Lekambi Yisrael Kamoshe He was the greatest, the greatest Nevi'im of, of all time. He didn't need Yoshua. He was quite capable on his own to, to select, you know, the few and the brave of, of Klal Yisrael. And Rashi says, Rashi says that the reason why he said the Lashon of Bechar Lanu, meaning Bechar Lanu, he said, Yeshua, let's us, Bechar Lanu, we should go ahead and choose. He brought Yehoshua, you know, into the meeting. And Rashi says, Hishvayu loy. He was including Yehoshua in the process. He was, he was making Yehoshua's opinion matter. And Rav Hutner says it was specifically because Amalek is the adversary of Deirais. It's the adversary, it's, it's the ultimate adversary of Klal Yisrael, of our Hashkaf and our way of life's, life versus them. So the way in which you give over the Messiah is through Lanu. I was actually thinking as you were showing the video of that song. Um, so that song is, I think, a very, a very special song of an I'd say to America. Um, that song was written by Yeshai 11. Yeshai 11 is an eighth grader. He's actually in the song singing. He's a very hush of Taira. He's uh, a town of Long Island. He was one of my big Night's Seder America boys. And his father called me up. His father was a very hush of Tamachachan living in the five towns. Um, and he said, my son wrote a song. I think it's pretty good. He wrote a song for Gary Goldwell. Can I send it to you? And he sent it to me, basically this song. Um, and it was gorgeous. And I said, let's do it. And someone gave the money. And we went to Donnie Gross. And it was, um, you know, a song written by a boy in I'd Say to America, sung with, uh, you know, some very chashva singers. Obviously, Baruch Levine and Ruby Schrabel are, 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 are superstars. But um, Yishai Levin's in the song. And it's, it's, that's the secret. If there is such a thing called the secret sauce to, to Chinuch, I think that's it. I think it's um, showing, and it's quite simple. It's showing every single boy and girl that they are important. 
you know, we just finished the, the Pashas Nasai, and in all the Nasim, so all the, it, it, it's, it's glaring and it's staring you in the face. All the, all the, the Svarim ask that the Torah, which we learned so many halachas from, from extra Oisios in the Torah and from Ksarim in the Torah, and all of a sudden the Torah repeats the whole Pasha of Nasim, right? You know, again and again and again. So other than a Bar Mitzvah boy who lanes and he feels very proud that he lanes the 170 Pesukim, even though it's very easy. Um, but, but, so the, the Medrash says already, and all that the Bali Svar, the Bali Musa tells, the Medrash says is because the point is that each one of the Nesim was different. And the Torah is trying to show you that even though the carbon looks the same, it's very different. And it's the Hashivas of the, of the, um, of the individual. And, you know, I, people ask me, I get asked, obviously, I think my, um, I, I get known because of Night Seder America. And Ninth Seder America, there was um, a tremendous amount of Seattle Dishmaya. It was also a confluence of events that was, there was everything going for it. In other words, uh, when Ninth Seder America, when, when COVID hit, I never heard of Zoom. As I I never heard of it. Uh, my Shiva, YBH, where I was in Pasig, went to Zoom right away. Um, I thought there was a lot of unbelievable free content going around during the beginning of COVID. I said, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a need for a Tyrodika content for boys. Um, it started through WhatsApp and, uh, um, the first night with 300 boys, um, and then boom, right? And in the height, we had 1,500 computers average on a night. Um, and it was quite special. It was more than quite special. We finished Mesechtas, and um, I had a mother email me. Um, I shared this with, with Coach Menachem um, at the beginning of the week. Probably the craziest email I got. Um, and I, I, don't, I wouldn't remember these emails except for my, my 40th birthday present, my wife took all the emails, um, not the one saying the password doesn't work, but you know, the, the other emails, and, and turned it into a really, really special you know, book. Um, I think it's called a, thou- you know, a Thousand Emails, something like that. Um, but was from a mother of a child um, who was a select mute and wasn't speaking for a few years. And the email said, I don't know what you did, but the only, my, the, my son speaks on Night Seder America, and she asked for a recording of the Night Seder America to bring it to his therapist, she, that all of a sudden he's speaking in front of a thousand boys. Um, and, and, and when people asked me what it was, other than, again, tremendous yata deshmaya, it was people that, that everyone was stuck at home, so seeing a face was exciting, even though you're next door neighbor. It was, uh, it was uh, tremendously exciting to see faces. Um, there was such a a dark feeling of loneliness, the fact that there was connectivity amongst people um, was, was powerful and palpable. But it was in a very, very extreme way, but I think it's, all, it, it's what any mechanic any strives to do in that. It was a way to try to connect and, and to make the lanu means that the jokes the kids should get. Um, a, a Rebbe shouldn't he shouldn't compliment a boy who, who hits a home run in, in a baseball game in recess and say, oh, Yankel, wow, big, great, great hit. Because the Rebbe is supposed to compliment the boy during recess who gets a great hit. But the kids see right through that. You have to enjoy the home run. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm a, a, um, I grew up a, a, a sports fan and, and, a, and, a, and I played sports growing up. Um, a Rebbe that enjoys whether it's sports or whether it's anything else. I don't know if it's a little kid, a little Rebbe, maybe Lego is important to enjoy. But the more that you can relate to that experience in a real way, 
um, I think the stronger you can make um, the connection of, um, of the kids. And, and again, Nights in America was, people asked me, why don't you continue it? And the answer was, Baruch Hashem, um, everyone's back in the classroom. I think someone told me recently that three people that enjoyed COVID were a certain doctor, I'm going to leave out the name in case anyone is related, a certain doctor, um, Coach Menachem, and Ari Schoenfeld. Those are the three people that, that, that made money on COVID. Um, Millions. <laughs> what? Millions. Millions, yeah. So I didn't make money on, on I Said America, but Baruch Hashem, it, it was definitely um, something uh, unique. That, that, but to me, it was a window into, into the ability to connect, um, obviously, through a barrier of Zoom, but, but it, it's, it's just a microcosm of, of what real, I think, Chinuch is. Okay, Rabari, let's, let's jump into it. We have a lot of questions, and of course, anybody wants to ask live, let's ask live. We're going to do a poll. We're going to get a feeling from what, what we're dealing with here tonight. Now let's jump into it, okay? Here okay. we go. Two questions. As a parent, what do you think is the best way to connect with your child? Spending quality time, getting into whatever they are into, buying them a lot of stuff. Three choices. Second question. What is the number one character trait you would want your child's Rebbe to have? A, skillful natural teacher to just give over the skill of what he's learning good. B, a true role model that my son could look up to. C, the ability to focus on each child individually to really put the focus and have each child individually. Or D, have a happy, calm, have a calm and happy demeanor. What about all of the above, Ari, right? Yeah, okay, that's too easy. Because of course you want all of the above, right? Okay, let everybody let everybody vote, and then we'll jump into the questions. The first one is quite fascinating. Let's see the first one. Let's see. Let's see. Wow. Okay. Nobody sees the answer yet because I didn't share with everybody. Just wait. I have a very scary story about the first one. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad the story fits the answer of the polls. So perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Five more seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. What? <laughs> okay, we're going to share this with everybody. Okay, I'm going to read the, the first one and then Ari can comment on it, okay? Sure. As a parent, what do you think is the best way to connect with your children? The overwhelming response, by far, 81% of the people say spending quality time. Only 18% of the people say get into whatever they are into. And 1% of the people buying them stuff. So I'm assuming... At 1%, one person. One person. Well, it's, it's 1%, yeah. It comes out to 1%, yeah. One person, because yeah, that's got to be a percentage. One person says buying themselves. I'm assuming kids have nothing. Everybody's walking around with that underwear. So <laughs> everybody's just spending quality time. Okay, Rabari, what do you say to that? It's very interesting. I'll tell you a scary story. I had a time. Like this is what everybody says in the books. You know, the therapist just spend yeah. quality time. Right? Yeah, I, I had a, I had a, a Talmud um, who was struggling with the relationship with his parents. And his father said to me, I'll take him anywhere, I'll take him anywhere in the world. I'll take him, uh, tell him which vacation he wants to go to, where does he want to go, I'll take him to Paris, I'll take him, to, I'll, like, I think he wanted to buy him a car, and my, and his, the kid said to me, this was a, a bacher, but he said to me, father doesn't chap, I don't want the stuff, I want him. Mamish, um, So in terms of, of uh, buying them stuff, I, I think that's, the first one I was probably just a warm-up, it's an easy one, right, in terms of spending quality time, um, I have to be, um, almost like make a disclaimer in that um, my wife is on, so I can't, I can't, I think, um, I can't profess 
Um, I can't profess to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be viewed as a hypocrite. So it's a challenge that we all have. You know, Baruch Hashem, we have busy lives. Um, and um, I think spending quality time is the challenge of every single parent when it comes to their, their children and, and their wives um, and their families. Spending quality time. The, the aside of quality time, it's all the same. I think you're going you're gonna to hear a very common theme from me tonight. And I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel. Um, the aside of quality time shows that they matter to you. That's it. Um, that's all it is. That, that's why um, all children want is for their parents to view them as something that's important. Um, and I had a, um, a, a tenth Oh, I said that grade ready. It was a long time ago. But one of my Talmidim, um, it was a 10th grader, and he was struggling. And his parents, real good chashava, B'nai Taira, came to Parents Teachers Conference. Um, and first they thought I was in 10th grade. So that was the first two minutes of Parents Teachers Conference having to explain to them, no, I'm not in 10th grade, I'm your son's Rebbe. Fine. Um, and then I have a son, I also have a son in 10th grade. So like, it was like, you know, took him a while to get over that. Um, and then I said to the father, um, and he probably wasn't ready for this question. Here I am, I'm a Rebbe, was in, in, in a wonderful Masifta. And I said to the father, does your son know that you love him? And the father was not ready for that question. Like, who, like oh my God, right? That's a very 2000, and I don't know. I don't think my father, Hushlita, who's here tonight, I don't think my father ever got asked that question by Rabbi Licht or Rabbi Lobenstein when I was in 10th grade. I don't think it, no. I don't think my father went to parents' teachers' conference when I was in 10th grade, but I don't think he uh, got that question. But, um, so he says to me, of course he knows. And his wife slaps him like that, right in front of me, like, bam, oh, come on. And he says, I tell him that all the time. And she says, yeah, but you know and he knows that you know that you don't really mean it. This is in front of me. I'm like, hello, I'm, I'm right here. Hi. Um, and he says to me, it's not so easy. His younger brother's a Mitsuyan. So he's, he's like, just says it. It's not so easy. Younger brother's a Mitsuyan. So he says, but, but, I told him, and I'll change the names. I told him, I said, Yankee, everyone's going to be Yankee tonight. So no, no one called if I have a Talmud Yankee. Don't, don't mind me for it. I said, I told him once, I said, Yankee, you know that if I was ever stuck on an island, I would pick you. So you see how much I'm him. So I said to him, Ancholdix, um, um, but your son's reaction, what he's internalizing from that is, Ta, you're never going to be on an island together, because it's not how often are you on an island, so basically you have no use for me. Because if the only time you need me is when you're stuck on an island, what am I to you? Um, and um, it's quality time is, is a hechetimsa to show chashivas, is to show that your, your son, your daughter, your Talmud um, matters. It's just, as, it's just as simple as that. You know the joke with the, with the quality time I'm getting? <laughs> no. There was once a, a boy that he wasn't, he wasn't doing so well. So the Rebbe said, whatever the son does, get into it. So the so son said, Tad, let's go to a movie. You know the story? No. So the guy was a hush for a guy. Then I said, listen, the Rebbe said he should go to a movie. He went with his son to the movie. It was one of those movies. The father obviously was very you know, older man. He learned a lot. He fell asleep during the movie. At the end of the movie, son, he gives him a hit. You know, he stands and goes, <laughs> 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 and I was like, okay, the second poll. What's the number one character trait you want your child's Rebbe to have? 
number one, a skillful, a skillful natural teacher, only 5% of the people, 31% of the people, a true role model that the son could look up to. The number one answer is the ability to focus on each child individually, 51% of the people, 12% of people have calm and a happy demeanor. Seems like the, the individually thing is a big, uh, is a big I thing. Mean, the, the answer is obviously, yes, the answer is all of above. Um, to me, you know, there's a famous story to Chaim, right? That they asked Chaim, there were two people that were, that were up for the shtela to be a chazan. One was a chosh v'tamal chacham, a shemaim, a masmid, and he had, an, you know, he had an okay voice. And, you know, and, and the other one was a, a cantor, a chazan, a beautiful, but, a, you know, a pash de balabas. So they asked Reb Chaim, no, who should we pick as chazan? Thinking, of course, if Reb Chaim is going to say the chosh v'tamal chacham, and Reb Chaim said, the chet is not ain chazan. Right? In, in other words, in order to be a chazan, there are certain things that are that are li'ikuva, that you have to have, and that is a very nice voice. That's what a chazan is. Avada, yeah, you have to have a chazan, you have to have other qualities, but a chazan is someone with a nice voice. Um, so, a Rebbe who, 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 who has, you know, a, a speech impediment and can't speak properly, you know, obviously, if he can't say the words, then a Rebbe can't be a Rebbe. You know, a Rebbe that's disorganized to an, is a hard time, you know, What's it called? Getting through to, to, to children. Um, but the sight of a Rebbe is someone who cares. Focusing on the children, it's someone who cares. It's, it's, I, I never forget, my, my brother-in-law was making a chasna tomorrow night, um, uh, Ellie Gross. So um, he's, he's a wonderful fellow, and you know, he lives on the Upper West Side. He's a chash of a family. You know what you would you know Balabas, very nice fellow in Balabas, and he was one. He kept talking about his Rebbe from Eretz Yisrael, Rebbe Prager, Rebbe Prager, Rebbe Prager. This is about fifteen years ago. Um, this is not before Pragers was around. So this is not. This is different. Right? This is not Pragers. Um, and I, I once went to Shabbos. He told me my Rebbe's coming. So my brother-in-law is a little bit of a cool guy. So I was expecting a really really cool guy to walk in the room. And Rebbe Prager was a stolen a chassid. You know, mit 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 the shmeine begadim. You know, with a with a with a fakras de kapayas and 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 a strimal, and he was a still a mensch. He was just a still as just a zisa still a mensch, and and he walked in my brother like it was like it was like Moshe Rabbeinu came in, because he cared about him. Um, you know, and it's you have to really care. You know, I have. I'm in a position now where people speak to me when they, you know, especially now at the camp. So I have counselors and division. Should I go into chinuch? And I tell them I will never tell anyone to go into chinuch because I'm not paying your bills. Um, turns out now that I'm a manal, maybe I can. I can give you a job. So I have to maybe change my answer. But even that doesn't pay. Right? There's a certain you have to get real sipakanefish for being a rebbe. Um, and if you're going into chinuch because uh, my my my, my is the following, and I don't know if this sounds controversial or not. Lahavdil, if you weren't Jewish, would you still want to go into education? And if the answer is no, then don't go in. In other words, if, if you want to be Marbitz Torah, if you want to be Marbitz Torah, um, then, then write Svarim. You know, and if you want to be Marbitz Torah, write Svarim and, and, and you know, record and things like that. Um, but it's, it's just the ability, you have to just love your Talmidim. There's no, there's no other way and of course focusing on the child again that's something that that the rebbe needs to, to work on but he has to just love his talmidim um i know that's a uh, double trank's book right just love them but he has to really really care and you and and it's it's very simple 
it's you, it, you'll know your Rebbe cares. I have some of my, my children that I can think of specifically ones that have a Rebbe right now that cares in such a powerful way and it's, it gets flipped right back. Um, my, my mother, um, who just retired after 40 years of being this type of Mora, um, so at the, she just got honored um, at Bishak of Queens. So just two things. One is that the, the quote they said over oh, Moshe Newman, Zechariah um, Levracha was just nifter, was if you give your, the child your heart, they will give you their mind. Um, and the story they said over about my mother was someone said that her daughter woke up fever. And they said, okay, Rachi is Rachel, so you can't go to school today. And she said, I have to. More, more Perry's going to miss me. How could I not go? Right? That's, I think that's, all the rest is, is you know, you could go to, to Rabbi Yol Kramer for Right, and to learn how to manage a classroom, and to learn how to give it over. All of that is, I'm not, I'm not taking away his chashivas, but the Yisrael is always, does it matter to you that that kid, you know, struggles or is masliach? How much does it matter? Ari, I have to throw a question to you. What would you tell to a parent? Who? I'm saying all of that is a Rebbe. You're telling him, if you have these qualities, you can become a Rebbe, you have to love them. What's if parents have a hard time? Parents have a hard time loving their child? Figuring it out, it's hard, it's a challenge. So one of my chash... No option. So, so first we have no option, yes. Um, one of my chash rebeim, who I got, I just saw his name floating. Um, so it could be his honor, Rebbe Rupp, sixth grade Rebbe in Shibitana, Manhattan. Um, he told me a very, very powerful line this year, because we were struggling, this is in Yeshiva, we were struggling with one of the Talmidim. Um, and he said to me, he, he was quoting someone who told us to him. It's a of a I think, a long time ago. And the Zug was, when they have earned your love the least, that's when they need it the most. Um, and that's easier said than done. As a parent, that is easier said than done. Um, but just tonight, I was at a dinner, and I was at a dinner at 7 o'clock tonight, Yeshiva Tana Paseik, and, and everyone for sure how could you be here you have a thing i'm the amount of people that came over to me um how, how are you going to be in two places at once and someone came over to me about their son who doesn't get up for shachris and sleeps till 10. um a bacher, an older bacher, bacher, a post post-based medrash i was cleaning up the stories he doesn't know that i'm talking who i'm talking about um and he says to me I walk into my son's room. I walked into his room this, this morning and I don't, I don't say anything to him, but he knows how bad I feel. And he knows, um, he, he knows how much it bothers me. How do, what do I do with that? So he said to me. Um, so I said to him two things. I told him this, Doug, of when your child has earned your love the least, they need it the most. And then I said to him the most powerfully line that I learned recently, um, and it's an afkamina between guilt and shame. And uh, Coach Menachem is the, the expert. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm going above my pay grade, but I'll try. And that is it's such a powerful one-liner. Guilt is I made a mistake. Shame is I am a mistake. And to feel guilty is I did not vera or I didn't leave up to, right? So therefore, I'm a we, we, We're not, there's, there's consequences and there's, there's, there's and there's ability to be misakin and to work on ourselves, but the self-esteem and the self-worth. 
someone who feels because I made that mistake, therefore ich bin garnished, right? Leaving all the Nevadic jokes aside, right? But someone who really feels ich bin garnished has a hard time finding any reason to, to, um, to get going. So as a parent, you know, and, and we struggle much more as a parent because we feel our children's, um, the nachas we get is much stronger and therefore the disappointment we get is much stronger. Some of it's because we live vicariously through our children, we view it as our own failures, right? Again, that's all the, the, the psychoanalysis I'll lead to Coach Menachem. But, but we definitely have a harder time as a parent taking a step back and, and, and thinking what's best for the child, but, but consequences are, are allowed to be. Um, but you have to, you know, Bimimi Karavim Small Daichif is real. There has to be, it can never be that even while you're hitting the child, the child doesn't know that you love them. It can never be. That has to be, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking very big, like, like a, big, a big shot. Um, I, I struggle with this as every, other, as every parent does. Um, it's, it's easier as a Rebbe. It's easier as a Rebbe because you can send them home at night. <laughs> and they don't wake you up in the middle of the night. And they don't, you know, it's easier as a Rebbe. Um, but it, nevertheless. Okay, Ravari, let's get in. We have a lot of questions here, live ones. Let's jump into it. And let's really dissect everything, okay? Sure. You're on first. Let's go. Hi, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Thank you for taking my question. Um, I never okay. knew about Night Seder America just... Until I, uh, until I found out about the show. But the way I understood a little bit is there was some sort of program. They made learning fun, Kishmak for the Bachrim, interactive and everything. Um, it's just a question of thought I had because I was brought up, I was brought up in a different generation. And, um, you know, by, uh, in my generation, fun wasn't so much of a of a thing to help us grow. We had once in, there was only one Rebbe I remember we had that gave raffles every day, but all the other time it was hard work and was pressure and there was sometimes a little competition and there was uh, the need to get a high mark. And apparently I'm seeing maybe today's, today's Mahalach maybe can't go like that. I don't know. I mean, but I just want to know, you know, how do we balance the idea to let the kids have fun and also this idea that, you know, not using fun as a crutch. So sometimes, someday something's challenging and hard, you know, you got to work hard and just not, not just give up because today is not a fun day. Um, I think this is, I once heard of Ramal Osband used to give a shrai once. Your son came home from yeshiva and you said to him, did you have fun today? Melant, this is, right? You had fun today. Um, so... I'm going to push back softly. First of all, when you say different dar, I don't know, I, your, your video's off, so I don't know what dar you think I'm from, but, you know, I, I, grew, up a, I grew up in the, in the 80s, so I'm, again, I, I look a little bit different than, than my age. Um, but uh, fun is, is, a, is uh, again, uh, I don't mean to sound like Shiva or Kalman Epstein, but I don't know what the word fun means. Um, meaning, uh, fun, it's not about playing kickball so that the boys, you know, just, just, you know, take, give extra recess for no reason. It's about connectivity. And, and, and again, speaking about, I don't want to, I'm not saying, um, but in the 50s and 60s, let's go back to that dar, right? In the 50s and 60s, when there was not fun, when it was uh, hard work and taskmasters and you went to yeshiva no matter what, right? Um, I'm not an expert in data, but that dar is not all from 
You know, it's very, very much, we, we glorify the glory days, but, but I don't know, the boys that were able to, to, I know the boys that had strong families and had a certain chashivas for, for Torah, they were gewaldic. But the, but the boys and girls that, that didn't have strong families and couldn't relate to Bayan Rava right away and needed someone to relate to them, I don't know what happened to them. Um, it's not about fun, you know, and rather raffles and, 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 and incentives are very controversial in the educational field. You're, the sipa kanefesh you're supposed to get as a child is the, is the, is the limit alain, is the, is the actual learning. If you base your entire classroom on incentives, you are, you're just going to create sugar, you know, candy kids. Um, you know, um, and so it's, it's not about fun. It's about connection. And if you want, um, if you want your child, I'm a seventh grade Rebbe, and you're learning Baba Kama, um, and you know, in the seventh grade right now is, uh, is learning um, Ishaskisu, the sugya of Ishaskis with, uh, thank you Simcha, is learning, um, is learning the sugya of, of Ishaskis, hard sugya in Baba Kama. Um, and you want your uh, Rabbi Tisser, who's the who's the uh, a golden Rebbe. Yeah, everyone should come and watch. Everyone should come to my yeshiva to watch Rabbi Tisser the way he talks, the deals with the boys. If you want that seventh grader to get to get into the Sugavishaskis and Baba Kama, then you better get into his world. So w- whether that means telling a funny story, a funny joke, or or making it gishmak, it's not about fun. It's not about raffling off soda at the end of every day. Um, it's about creating an environment in which the boy is excited to come to yeshiva and, and he feels as Rebbe gets him. So I, I never use the word fun. Um, so I'm against, I'm against fun. Fun's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, let's go to the next live question. Amir? Okay, you're on. Hi, I was just wondering if you can give me some suggestions. I have an eight-year-old that I'm working very hard to gain her trust. And um, she she told me that she needs me to talk to her more gently. <laughs> I do have a hard time doing that. I was wondering if you have any, um, yeah, suggestions. What, so what does that mean you have a hard time talking to her gently? I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know either because I, I, I like I, I told her like I, I repeat myself more than once to her like I say it again I said please do this for me please do this please get this for me and she just would always like she just doesn't um, Can I ask if this is a, a, like, a, a is this a, a child or a yeah, eight-year-old the eight-year-old child yeah oh a child yeah um, um... What, she I asked her what I need to do so she said talk to me more gently <laughs> wow um, what about, I don't know, what, what so again, does she think that you're tough on her? Is it tough? Probably. So, um, I, I don't, so I am not a, <laughs> I, 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 I've been described as many, many things. I have never been described as gentle. Um, so, <laughs> um, but I will tell you a very, very, powerful and I think scary story that I heard from Rabbi Yossi Elephant, very, very Choshev Mechanech in Eretz Yisrael. Um, and I'm, I don't know who you are and I'm not at all, I'm just telling you a story. And that is that I was dealing with one of my Talmidim who was in Eretz Yisrael and was struggling big time and, and a lot of struggling. So I called him Elephant. 
And I said, could you help this boy? He said, sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pausing because I want to be careful. I have to be careful. Um, you know what? Give me one second. Okay, I can say the story. Um, and I said to him, he said, well, tell me about the family. And I said, one of his parents is a chashev person, a little tough, but chashev. And he said to me, Rabbi Schoenfeld, how old are you? So I said, uh, I'm 40. I'm a little bit older than you. So maybe it will take you a few years to figure this out. There's no such thing as a good, tough parent. That was his line. There's firm, but tough is, is I'm telling you, his, his line to me. There's no such thing as a good, tough parent. Um, so, I don't, I don't, again, I can't, I don't know your daughter. I don't know you. Um, I, I, I will just tell you, your question was, whenever I tell her, get me this, get me that, get me this, get me that. And she says, ask nicely. Um, if you can somehow um, combine the get me's with the gives, um, then, then, you know, if you can show her that you give, and it's a two-way relationship, or if you a friend who ends at a Zug, parents are not ATM machines. Um, sometimes we think they are, but I, I, all I can, I, I can't speak to your daughter. I could just say that if children think that we're tough, that's, that, that really is a way of saying that they think there's kas. And kas is, kolakais ki'ilu says the Gemara in, <laughs> I'm laughing, my father just told me this Gemara today, Gemara in Shabbos, it's a Zohar, it's a Gemara Nedarim. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, the goal is to be soft but firm. And to ask your daughter, why? I don't think I'm being tough. What is it? What am I doing that's tough? Just asking you to, to clean up the soda that you spilled on the floor. I think, I, I think asking is the best thing, but you're not always going to be happy with their answer. Right. But uh, to have a discussion with your eight-year-old, I know a lot of people would say no. There, there's a book called Creative Schools. There's a very hush of a educator's name is Ken Robinson. And in that he has a chapter, I'm not suggesting to every yeshiva, it's called dem dem like democracy yeshivas. In other words, yeshivas that their entire you know, their entire consequences are all voted on by the kids. And basically his, his point is, is, is that it basically comes out to the same exact system that we have in our, in our school system. Um, and um, they chose it. They chose it. So they feel that they are lanu, that it's theirs. Very good. So here's a, a interesting, a little tough question. This is my, my son did something that I had no choice, but to give him a consequence. He's going through a rough time and she says her husband was nifto a few years ago. How should she be, how do I be a firm single mother and this place at the same time, not to alienate or hurt my child? So I once asked a common Epstein, a personal tough Shaila, my Roshiva and Shara and he told me it's above my pay grade. And I came to him a week later and I asked him if he got a raise. And uh, he said no. So really, I haven't gotten a raise and this is way above my pay grade. So to me, a, a single mother um, who's bringing up children is 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 a hero. Um, and is Chashev and Mesir Snefesh, it's, it's, and, and the Tsar that, that comes with is unimaginable. I, I don't, I don't feel like it ever can ever judge. Never someone who goes to such a tzara, um, because the mother has to turn into the father and the and the gemara. What's it called? And and the friend and the disciplinarian. It's 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 overwhelming in, in best case scenarios. Um, 
I can just tell my own experience. And again, I, I, I had I was once dealing with a yasum um, that I had to punish. I thought I had to punish a yasum. Did something that I thought deserved a real, uh, a real big punishment. Um, and I didn't want to suspend the yasum. I thought that was a big uh, suspending a yasum to me is is in pekuach nevesh. I called the biyakov bender, and he told me based on what this kid did, he felt he had to be suspended. So I suspended him. However. I had a minig with that kid that I played chess with him every Wednesday in my office. Um, so I suspended him, punked it was a Wednesday. So I came to his house after I suspended him to play chess with him. Um, and I didn't think I was being fake. I didn't think I was, I was, I mean, I, I, I thought that's being min mikarev with small daichif. And, and again, I, I'm just a, a Rebbe. So for me, it's not my life, it's not my son. Uh, uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married, you know, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not judging or I'm not saying what's, what's, what's simply and easy to be done, but that mother who is allowed to give a consequence, the consequences are part of normal chinuch. Somehow, inside the einish has to be ava. That's just it. That that's what it is. Inside the einish has to be ava. Um, um, one of my one of my uncles used to hit his children way back when when you were allowed to hit your children, but before them he would he would never hit hit of kas he would calm down he would say l'shem mitzvah chinuch, and then he would hit. And, um, but but I, but it's it's it, you're allowed to give a, a, an you're allowed to give a kid a, a punishment a consequence if they deserve it, and if it's if you if you're a single mother then it's even harder, but it has to be the aside is very simple. I'll tell you an amazing line. It's such a daher. When I went there, when I lived in Eretz Yisrael, um, Rabbi Greenwald, the head of Ma'ar, he gave chinuch classes. So he said the following mahalach. We were talking about hitting kids. And he quoted from Shomavolbi, now you don't hit today. And he said, if you want to hit your child today, I said, I'm not even going to get into the hashkafa behind it. Mutter, aser. He said, leave that for the side. You live in America, and you want to hit your child. Right? Keep in mind the following mitzias. Your son is growing up in a world where culturally hitting is child abuse. That's the culture in the United States of America. Again, I'm leaving out whether what, what the Tereshkov is. Your child lives in a world where hitting is child abuse. So the only heter you have to hit your child, it has to be for chinuch, right? has to be that when he goes to school the next day, he's a fifth grader and just patched him because he was chutzpedik to your wife. That's usually what sets us off as fathers, right? When the chutzpedik to the mother, that's what set off my father. Um, but, <laughs> but um, and here I am. Um, but when, when you, and, and if you hit him, he's going to go to yeshiva the next day, and this is the only way. And his uh, history teacher told about current events, how someone was arrested in, in I don't know, in, in, in Boca Raton, Florida, for hitting a child because it's child abuse. And your son has to turn to the teacher in the class and say, what? My father hits me, but he only hits me because he loves me. Child abuse? In other words, the hitting has to be in a way that the, the message that the child receives is Ava. Good luck, right? Good luck. Because that's what hitting today is viewed at as abuse. Even if you think it's not, but that's what, the, that's what your, your son grows up with. So you have to hit him in a way that he receives it as Ava. And really it's every unish, every consequence. Your child, casa is scary. And we all listen, I, I, I am far from perfect. Very, very far. I should bring in some of my children. Um, who, um, to, to testify, um, I Silverman speaking of one specific one, um, but 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 to, to testify on my lack of um, uh, perfection, but it's but it's it, it, that that's 
the challenge is Ava, and you're allowed to punish, you're allowed to be so upset, and, 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 but at the end of the day, and maybe it's at the end of the night, why they know that you love them. Okay, you're on. Hi. Hi there, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, amazing. Rabbi Schoenfeld, thank you so much for this. I actually know somebody who works in your school and, and she had many good things to say, so I'm glad to have you here. Yes. Um, I am here. I do not have children yet, but I'm, I'm ready to do what I need to do to make myself the best future mother I can be. And what can I do to practice, improve myself, train myself to be, to create the environment, to bring out the best of my children before I have any? Thank you. Um, very simple. You go to this farm store and you buy it to Hillam. <laughs> That's what you do. Uh, there's no... Uh, I'm not, a, I'm, I, I don't know, ask my wife. I'll call my wife then. Maybe she'll tell you. Um, there, there, there is no mahalach. It's, 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 um, when, when I had my first child, Mrs. Kramer, Begersh Kramer's wife, very harsh of a lady, told me my bracha to you is that Tsar Gidul Banim should consist of broken shoelaces. Um, it's, it's, um, the more that you can work on yourself to, to, to be, in control and be a better person, the better mother, father, friend, husband, um, you'll be. If the, the more of, of a giver that you are, um, and the more of a, of of a, someone that's willing to be there for others and to be empathetic towards others, um, the better everything you'll be. So, if if you were saying to me, I, I'm ready to go out into the workforce, and other than than working on how do I be a better um, person in the office, or how do I be a better Rebbe, how do I be a better husband, how do I be a better friend? The answer is work on Tikkunamidas, work on yourself to be someone that is um, that cares about people, and and um, and you will mess up a tremendous amount of time. Mitzvah Shem, you'll have many many children, um, and it's just at the end of the day. They have to have that belief that my parents are everything to me. My, I'll just share a story that my father said about my grandfather, Rabbi Fabian Shomos, um, who was a very, very, very chasha person, was larger than life for me personally and my whole family, and was a rabbi who, if 87% said spent quality time um, with their uh, child, then he, he failed that test because he did not spend quality time with his children. He was a rabbi and, and running, you know, a large part of, of Klal Yisrael in the 1950s and 60s. And one of the most, I'll, I'll say it, I'll try to say it as best as I can. Um, my father said one of the most powerful episodes of Chinuch for him when he was in ninth grade and he was in yeshiva and his father felt he was hanging out with the wrong chevra. And he pulled him aside and he said, if I ever hear that you will act out and act like these, 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 you know, hooligans and do hooligan type stuff. So my father was expecting the next line to be, I will throw you off the roof. And instead, my grandfather said, I will jump off the roof. And my father said it was the most powerful line he, he, he and he repeats it today, you know, more than 50 years later, that his father, he meant so much to his father that if you act out in a way and, and, and that brings your neshama down, it will be too painful to me to bear. That was, in one sentence, a father that was, that was busier than busy um, showed his son that you mean everything to me. Okay.
Let's get into it. I have a bunch of questions over here. <clears throat> my 13-year-old, my thir- my 13-year-old eighth graders in yeshiva, but he's really not enjoying going every day is a battle. What can I do as a parent to be supportive and help him through this? So I, I was a 13, I was a Rebbe for eighth grade um, for nine years. Um, this is a, Why, again, the old question is always why. Why is it a battle? Why does he want to go? It's always the why, right? Why does he want to go, right? Uh, is he, right? The reality is that children want to, everyone, people, we want to be good people, right? Anyone that acts out is acting out out of whether it's pain or whether it's a feeling that he's not belonging. So the question is why? Why does the child not want to go to yeshiva, right? Why is he struggling? It's usually because he feels that he's not being matzliach in yeshiva, and therefore it doesn't matter, and all I do is horrible for me, right? Now this is a, a, an existential shayla on our chinuch system. At the Torah convention this year, um, one of the most powerful speeches I ever heard was, I think his name is Gershon Miller, correct me if I'm wrong, he runs the Moistus in, in, in Detroit. Um, an amazing speaker. Uh, first of all, it was an English accent, so obviously that's 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 automatic. Um, but he's a very very chashuva kind from English, like, supremely powerful and chashuv his his drasha. And his zog was that maybe the reason why people are going off the derech, and this was to term a thousand people were sitting in the audience, almost as many as people that listen to the podcast. And he said. Um, Maybe the reason why so many people are going off the derech is because the derech isn't wide enough. And if the derech would be wider, less people would fall off. It was like a, like a jolt. And you see the whole, there's a whole bunch of rebeim and manala. And it was, like, it, was like a, it was like a ouch. It was like a mic drop, right? Um, and he said, Everyone says, But it's always said as a bidyevet. Yeah, you know, as a kid who's struggling, It's not to bidyevet, it's lechatchila. That was his whole shrai. That was a shrine. It was powerful. He started with stories of him. So me and a bunch of Manalim went over to him afterwards. And we said, okay, go. Ready? So what we're going to do is, we're going to cut out an hour and a half, hour of Gemara, because there are kids that are struggling Gemara. And we're going to introduce drama to Yeshiva. And we're going to have a base- basketball team. right? And then we're going to have a choir for the 7th and 8th grade. And we're going to go on more trips and have more fun. right? You know, um, but can we... So... He didn't have an answer, meaning he said, yeah, this is the sugya in Kalal Yisrael today is that we live with a chinuch system that is predicated overwhelmingly on Kriya, on Taich, on reading, on Havana, on Gemara. And I, I used to, I was, a, I was an 8th grade Rebbe for a long time. And the parents used to mind me, you don't learn enough chumash, you don't learn enough navi, you don't learn enough halach. And I said, tell them that I've had, in my yeshiva last so I had an interesting type of yeshiva. I've had boys apply from TABC, which is a modern orthodox, a wonderful high school in, in Bergenfield, to Philly. So this is my, my gamut of the boys in my class. And I said, no matter where your boy goes next year, his menahel will fahar him on one thing and one thing only, a piece of gemar. So don't blame me as the menahel, don't blame me as the eighth grade rebbe. The mesiftas, the high schools, whatever strand of orthodoxy you are in, it is Gemara based, the entrance exam. And all I care about is to get your son into the best high school possible, the best Masifta possible. So our Chinuch system is Gemara. It's Gemara based. It's Tershabal Peh. It's Kriya based. It's Havana based. So you have a kid who's dyslexic and he's in eighth grade. So good luck, right? So 
so someone uh, someone asked me recently. I, I was speaking in in, in Farakway, and someone said, "No, so what do you do? Hakam Gemara." So I said, I don't, "It's a question for the Mitzvahs. It's a question for for Torah Um And my yeshiva, I have my own Dalramas that I'm trying to to work with. So in yeshiva time in Manhattan, we try as many things. Yeah, we do have a Purim play, um, and I and you try to make sure that the boy that knows the Gemara Balpe is not the lead actor in the play, and uh, you you make sure that that the basketball court is is in good shape um and and that eighth grader that's struggling he if i if i ask if i had to learn chemistry all day i'd be struggling also um and it's just i don't have i don't I, i'm struggling because i don't have a good tarot. I, I i had a an eighth grader who graduated a few years and i called the mother up and i said mrs so-and-so i want to give you a piece of advice and she said okay and her son was not much one of these he was an incredibly talented kid. Tichtig. Alamilas. Ablat Gemara Kenanish Redden. Couldn't read Gemara. And I said, um, don't let Misifta ruin your son. And she's like, Rabbi, what are you doing? I said, your son is a star. He's going to make a lot of money one day. So I called it first. So I want in. Um, he's going to be like your husband who's involved in the Chevra, who's a Gabai, who's an Askin. He's going to be a bomb. The only way your son won't be a bomb for Klal Yisrael, a bomb Latayv, a superstar, is if his struggles in Mesifta in learning Bikias at 150 with a 10th with a Gerebi, which I was, that had to do a blot a week because he had to finish Rosechta's Baba Basra, and he's going to go out of his mind. I hope that Rebbe doesn't turn him off. Because as long as he could bounce his way through Mesifta, and, and, and he will be an absolute star. And she was crying on the phone. She was crying. First, because she was ex not expecting that. <laughs> and, and she was scared. But I think she felt mechuzik in the sense that, that your 13-year-old son who's not really going every day is a battle. What can you do? You have to, you have to somehow make him feel and, and, and that he is a superstar. Just recently, two weeks ago, I called up a mother of a young, it's not eighth grade, but it's the same you said, of a younger student in my yeshiva. And I said, Mrs. Goldstein, and there's no Goldstein in my school, so I'll use that name. I said, Mrs. Goldstein, I, wanna, I want you to save this voice note. Because there are going to be times when your son is going to get in trouble, and he's going to struggle, and you're going to have to play this voice note. Her son is, an, is, a, is a kid that struggles academically. He is musically gifted. He is unbelievably musically gifted. And he came into my office, he's like, Rabbi Schoenfeld! I just wrote a new song. This kid is not writing songs. He's, he's younger than fifth grade. That's all stop. Younger than fifth grade. And he just on the spot sang a song and was twirling around. He was just singing. On the spot, let me know. It wasn't a thousand voices. It wasn't Yishai 11, but it was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a song. Um, and then I went, we had a, a barbecue for Lag Weimer and the, the drummer was there. And this kid just, I watched. A little kid. Little, little, little kid. Just went over to the drummer without anyone looking and just started drumming. Boom. On beat. On beat. Um, I said, your, your, your son is a star. He rather might not finish us by the time he's 22. But he's a star. He's gifted. He's funny. He's bright. He's talented. We're going to forget this. Because in three weeks from now, I'm going to call you into my office because he got thrown out of class. And, and he's driving us crazy. I'm going to want us to spend and play me this voice note. Please. As I said to the mother. Then I probably erased it. But, but, I, uh, no, but I sent it to her because we have... Uh, you can stop me, Yoshi, if I'm rambling. So I'll, I'll you know, you can, you can mute me, but there's, there's a very, very, there's a very, very um educator. His name is Rick Lavoie. 
Rick Lavoy, Chachma Begayim Tam, and he's unbelievable. Everything he says is gold. Um, and his line was, if your son has only one talent in the world, and that talent is using a Phillips screwdriver, then you better make sure to unscrew every single piece of furniture in your house. It's like, mwah, right? You have to find uh, everyone, just find it. You know, that's what camp, camp has a big chalik in that, but in yeshiva, it's, it's find it, it's doable. You have to find it. It's our Christ to find it. Otherwise, otherwise that eighth grader is gonna come to yeshiva and, uh, and, and feel like an absolute nothing. And why shouldn't he? He can't read Gemara. Can't read. So here, here's a question from the fourth grade Rebbe. Okay. I'm a fourth grade Rebbe and I have a student that is great, nice kid, but can't sit still for more than one minute. He's bouncing around all over the, cl the classroom. I've met with the parents, but there's no one home. What can I as a Rebbe do to support him and give him the loving Rebbe that he needs in his life? You know the joke, right? The, you know, the joke that goes with this? With the boy bouncing off the walls and the Rebbe? I mean, I, I imagine what it's, it's, it's Kedai. The Rebbe calls up the mother and she says, your son is bouncing off the walls. He needs meds or else I won't, I won't let him come back to his class. She calls up Yank, refuses to take it. And finally she convinced him to take it. Two weeks later, the Rebbe calls the mother and she says, different kid, different kid, thank you. So she calls up Yank, she says, Yank, I, wanna, I know it wasn't easy for you. I'm so proud of you. And he says, proud of me for what? For taking the medication. I don't take the medication. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah, I put in my Rebbe's coffee. <laughs> so, you know, the kid bouncing off the walls, um, Daniel Kela Shlita, who's from the Chashuvim Mechanchem, I think he's, he's one, what, probably the most, I don't know, the most listened to Coach Menachem, maybe, I don't know. Um, he's, but, up there. he's up there, not the most. Until tonight, obviously. Um, but, um, so I had this close of being maybe his first Talmud, maybe, when he came back from the Mir Yeshiva, 1995. I was in 10th grade and he gave Shear in the canteen. Um, and I was the sweeper. I was the sweeper. I slept the base medrash, like the G'dayla Elam. And I went to Shear from Daniel Kessler. So his line is, if no one has ADHD and ADD, then who's gonna be the Rebbeim? Who's gonna be the Rebbeim? That's his, <laughs> that's his line. So in terms of a kid that's um, off the rocker, most Rebbeim, that's what makes, that's what makes a Rebbe, is, is, is the, the showman, right? the magic of a, of a classroom. Um, but, but, but you have kids like that, that struggle. I, I, I'm gonna be a little bit sharp because the way, the way you phrased the question. Your question was, um, there's no one home. So what does that mean there's no one home? Probably the parents are, they don't pick up the phone. Then you, then you really don't have a shot. Then you could love him and you could plant seeds and you could plant seeds, but it's a, it's a shutfis. It's a shutfis. And but that really question, what could the Rebbe do? What's his part? Well, these kids always come back later, you know, years later, they say they had one Rebbe that understood them. So what can he do to be that one Rebbe? It's, you know, the kid that's bouncing off the walls, it's so hard because the Rebbe, you know, we like this, it's so it's such an idealistic, this is so much fun tonight, sorry for the word, but um, it's, it's not it's, practical. It's, such a kid right. in the classroom is exactly. not practical. Exactly, you have 15 kids in the class, you get bouncing off the walls, so you love him and you care about him, no, you... <laughs> then you throw him out on his, on his, you know, on his head because you can't teach. Um, 
So, so you know, part of that again is 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 getting the kid the help they needs and getting him evaluated and making sure that if he needs medication on medication. If he knew, we had, we had a kid in yeshiva in the last year or so that it was like crazy. The kid couldn't focus. The kid couldn't read. He had a reading problem. Reading problem. Reading problem. No, he didn't. His parents took him to an eye doctor and he couldn't see. It's like scary, right? And this kid was not in first grade. Older kid. Um, so, so if a kid's bouncing off the walls, why is he bouncing off the walls? I, I had a kid this year who told me, uh, one of the bouncers, Rabbi Schoenfeld, I'm only half here today. I said, what does that mean? The other half of my mind is in Minecraft, which is a, a video game, right? So, um, you know, when you have that, why is he, is he bouncing off the walls because his parents aren't home physically? Is he bouncing off the walls because he's, he, he underwent trauma? It, 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 it's a sugya. It's a sugya that has to be talked in. And if you're a Rebbe, um, that kid has to believe that that that, that you're his that that, that 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 you'll 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 run through the wall for him that you'll do anything for him and and it, it it's rebellion I remember my first year as a Rebbe I was in Sheba Spring Valley and we were learning kindness we're doing Chazar and I was also on fire it was like the highlight of my life right we had a Chazaring it was amazing it was Gavaldic and I could be I mispronounced a word and I said a little bit funny and a kid took it turned it perverted and said a perverted joke back to me right and I'm like oh this is my moment right I'm going to change the world right now so I stopped and I looked at the kid and I said if you could I was, I was so proud of such a lumdish of art I said to him seventh grade I said if you can make a joke like that in the middle of Chazar of a whole parak, then we're not learning Gemara we're doing math it's math it's a regular subject I'm not a math teacher. I'm a Gemara. I'm a Rebbe. And I slammed my Gemara and I walked out. And I was so pumped. I, like, I, I, I taught him what Torah is. It was amazing. I walked into the Rebbe room and Rabbi Weinberger uh, was a, a super, very harsh of a Rebbe in Shibi Spring Valley. He, like he saw, like I was like, whew. And I said, I want to hear what I just did. And I, and I told him the mice and he's like, oh. <laughs> he starts laughing. And he says, you know that it, tomorrow they're going to say the same joke when this Gemara comes up again. It's like, you know that, right? Um, you didn't change them. You, did not, you didn't change them. He said, and I'm going to tell you something, that's you're an elementary school Rebbe, so it's a little scary, and if you can't handle this, then get out. You're planting seeds, that's all you're doing. You're not going to see the payers. An 11th grade Rebbe could give a schmooze and change. I, 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 I'm not going to call this role today because of a schmooze that I heard in camp when I was in 12th grade. And she, Hershkowitz, um, who, who tried to get us, oh, that's Osher, that's your Rebbe, right? Yeah, she's right. First, he tried to pull the cord on the band when he played Piamenta. And then he tried, he made every macha that anything that we did, ever did wrong in Camp Heller, ever Hershkowitz was there to stop. But, but he was amazing. And, and he once gave a, a schmooze about, me, about keeping Chalvi's role. And I, on the spot, I kept, I decided to keep Chalvi's role. Um, and my wife is not Michael me. But, 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 so in, in the Sifta, when, when the boys are ready on their own to make that, you could do it. Elementary school Rebbe said, all you're doing, he said this, I want this, he said, I once heard this from Rebellia, Rebellia Svei. Elementary school Rebbe is planting seeds. That's all you're doing. And if you can't get Sipa Kanefesh from the Zeria, then you can't stay in the job. And Rebellia said that the Olam thinks that Atzlach and learning is saying over the Reb Chaim. That's a slach as a Rebbe. Zalgibet the Rab Chaim, right? The Chazanish and the Chakiri said, that's, that's, Zayach, fine. It's Abbas Satayra. That's not a Rebbe. He said, because the boy that is understanding the Rab Chaim, he doesn't need you. He'll get the Rab Chaim from someone else. He can read Rab Chaim on his own. That's not Hatzlacha. Those are Nishnat Hatzlacha. Right? Rebellion said that Hatzlacha as a Rebbe 
is you have a boy that's sitting in the 10th grade. He doesn't listen to one word you said the whole year. His head was down. But you were there for him, and, and you just, it was, that Maso Matan was there. He didn't get one word, doesn't want to you learned. And he leaves yeshiva, and he gets married, and he, and he marries a woman, and he's barely Shemr Shabbos, and he has a child, and his child is six years old, and lives out on the island, and they're debating. Public school, day school, public school, day school. And because of you, that little, mm, he sends to day school. That's Atzlach. Um, so the answer to the fourth grade Rebbe is, um, you're not going to see Paris. This son's going to leave, this boy's going to leave fourth grade off his rocker. And until his family gets better, until his own personality gets worked out, he's going to struggle. And you're going to just keep planting seeds and planting seeds and planting seeds. And, and if you can't, and, and maybe in one day, I mean, one day he's going to be 23, he's going to come back and he, you're not going to recognize him, you're not going to believe it. Um, and, and you're not going to know. You're not going to know. So that's the topic tonight. How to plant seeds with Yishmak. <laughs> okay, Rabbi Shogun, somebody texted a question. Let's do the question. It's a twofold question. My husband is tough with my son, and I'm a more gentle mom. How do we We're not allowed to use the word tough, remember? Right, but this is the bottom line. He's tough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tough with my son, and I'm a more gentle mom. How do we balance it without showing my, my husband I disagree with him and showing the child that we're disagreeing? Number two, a little bit what we spoke about before, he's almost being bar mitzvah, and He's the kid that I must wake up 30 plus times, 30 plus minutes every morning. Can my I... wife send you this? Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wake up every morning and would be the happiest to stay sleeping until 1 p.m. if I didn't wake him up. What's your guidance or suggestions? So two questions. Oh, okay. What's the first part? First part is basically the husband's the tough one and she's the, the gentle one, you know. The husband probably Although she's the from up. Jewish woman. Yeah. yeah. Husband probably wakes up at 6.30 in the morning with a hot cup of water, you know, gets him up. She's like, no, no, let him sleep, let him sleep. And then she, you know. That's wakes them up. How do you balance that out without showing the kids first of all, also without you know having a strong bias issue out of it? I feel like someone is like in my house, and uh, <laughs> I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now. Um, uh, I have a seventh grade son who's become bar mitzvah soon, um, who's who's one of the greatest people in the world. Rabbi Silverman can attest to that. He's uh, some of his rebbeim are here, um, and I have a wife who's much nicer than I am. So. Um, uh, anything I say <laughs> will be used against me in a court of law. Um, so the, the real answer is it boils down, and I'm not a Shalom Bayes expert, but it boils down to Shalom Bayes, the first part of the question. I will, I will say that um, the more mature, if I can use that word about myself, um, I have gotten, the more I have realized that the Chachma and Bina of Chinuch Abonim um, is with the wife and with the mother. Um, and it's almost always that the initial reaction, which is to be tough, of the father um, is based on either kas, which is obviously has a treif, um, or a need to project either insecurities or a need for people to see me in a certain way. Um, I'm speaking, I, I am being vulnerable right now. Um, um, I'm I'm gonna go a little bit. I'm being Brene Brown, if you know who that is. There's a few people sending the chat that they feel the same way. You're not the only one. Okay, cool. We should have a group chat. We should have group <laughs> therapy afterwards. The um, ego. Um, but but so I, I I think it's something that most stable from men yeshiva light balvatim struggle with in that we we also are under pressure and we we do it. So why can't you? And that that 
I would say to listen to your wife. That would be first of all. Um, the wives have a much, much better understanding of, of the chinuch and really the, the temperament of, of the child. Um, again, so I think, I think shalom bias, and, and if you don't have, I don't mean to be so, so, so stark, but if there's no shalom bias between the husband and wife, uh, then, 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 right, then your child has, has, is going to have a very hard time. He's going to have a very, very hard time hearing mixed messages and, and then picking sides and then running to one and playing one off of the other, right? There has to be shalom bias. The, the better your marriage is, the better your chinuch will be. Um, that's Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. That's really the answer. In terms of your child that, that wants to sleep until 10, because he's a seventh grader. And of course he wants to sleep till 10. Why doesn't he want to? He, why does he want to go to yeshiva? Um, and it's about... What's the line again? Rick Lavoie. Rick Lavoie is such a... a, a Again, he has so many great zugs. He said that a, 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 a teacher called the mother up and said, your son is the laziest kid in the world. She said, what do you mean? He refuses to read. Every day a different excuse. He even broke his glasses so they doesn't have to read. And one day he poked himself in the eye so he doesn't have to read. And the next day he, he threw up in class. He's, he, I can't get him to do anything. He's the laziest kid in the world. So Rick Lavoie said, laziest? He's the most motivated kid in the whole world. He's rather not motivated to read. He's so motivated not to read that he will come up with the most ingenious, creative ways not to read. That's not, the, everyone's motivated. So your seventh grade son is incredibly motivated. He's motivated to, to not that Achashram ever did this if there was a big giant game or mech game, but he's motivated to, to you know, put the, the thermometer under the water to make sure it's hot. He's motivated to make believe he's cold. He's motivated to, to wake up in the middle of the night and say he can't sleep. These are, he is about as motivated as they get to avoid yeshiva. He's an incredibly motivated kid. He's not motivated for what you want to be motivated for. Um, and you might not, you might have a hard seventh grade with your son. You might have a tough eighth grade with your son. Rome wasn't built in a day. And, 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 and it's, it's to ask a parent to be patient. I am not such a patient person. Um, so I'm speaking to myself um, more than anyone. Um, but if you have shown bias with your wife, and you approach it, and you think it through, and you discuss it, and then you apologize to your son afterwards that um, that you were wrong. I um, <laughs> I was very not nice to my nephew over Shavuos. He told me an idea about camp. I thought it was a really stupid idea, so I told him that. Um, and so I did something that I don't know if I would have done 15 years ago. It was a really crazy thing. I apologized to him. <laughs> I made a really big mistake, and I did it in front of like five or six family members. Um, it's a nephew that I'm close with. And the next time I sat in front of five, those five and six family members, I said, the Rambam says, if you do an Avera, you're supposed to um, try to do tshuva the same we did the Avera. So I embarrassed him in front of this you five or six. So I'm I just apologized. That wasn't so complicated. I just apologized. Like, you know, so just, I don't know if I'm saying anything. I don't know if I'm saying anything, but. Um, <laughs> say the two hardest things to do is to, to say I'm sorry and to say thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into more questions. We have more and more. We're, we're going to catapult on this question over here. My child is into things that I don't really relate to or enjoy. For example, rock and roll type of music, baseball, fancy clothing. Our only connection is me telling him what to do, homework, go to shul, do this, do that. How can I connect with my child if I don't understand or like anything that they are into? I call malarkey. Uh, that's a yeshivish word for saying. I don't think it's true. I mean, in other words, 
find it. You know, I got the Baruch Hashem, I'm a tickle immature, so I like a lot of things. I like sports, I like music, I like fishing. Um, um, so, Rabash Ariely was my Rebbe. Um, I had this chus of learning by him for a long time. I don't think Rabash Ariely is into anything other than Torah, right? And yet, he had the ability to show you that he cared about him in a way that was, uh, even though all he did was Torah. I once, I once asked Abashur when I was dating a question about Shaduchim. You know, this, I watch, I look for, I got, I'll tell you, I asked him. But for my first date ever, I said, Vozal Zugan. And I guess you could ask Rabbi Ruben Epstein when he comes on next week. Uh, what should I do? First date. And he's told me, the Ershtemel is not a Hechatimta for the Tzvetemel. Right? You have to go out at least twice. That was his, okay, fine. That was his uh, dating advice. Um, so I, that, two days later, I was in center one. And I was walking, by, I went, I think my aunt was in, so and I, I, walking out of center one, walking back to the mirror. And thank God I was wearing a hat and jacket. Um, because I bumped into Rabash Ariely. What was, I think Rabash was giving shir. He gave shir to some Hezder Yeshiva. It was like a Thursday. It, was, it wasn't Thursday. It was like a Wednesday night, 10.30 at night. I'm walking. It wasn't even in Geula. It was like near the Merkaz. Merkaz here. I'm walking. And he just passes by me. It was, it was the most like, what? What are you doing here? I'm like, maybe you're going to eat in, in, you know, in Center One. I didn't think so. And he just looked at me. And my collar, I'm not going to say that. Was it like this? I was walking. Sometimes I do. Before I got married, even after I wasn't, you know, my collar was like this. And he just looks at me and he goes, no. And he fixed my collar. And it was him. Vashur then was a tiny little shir. He had 350 guys in the shir. It was, you know, almost as many as, as there are tonight. And, and it, was, it was his way of connecting without the fact that I have nothing to do with your life, that you're an American. And Vashur once told me, wife, my wife wasn't feeling well. I asked her what I should do to make it easier for her in Israel. And he told me, you know, that in Geula, you can buy the Gans Shabbos. I feel the Cholent. I feel the challenge. He was like so excited. You could buy challenge. He couldn't believe it. He was never to Hadar Gulu before. But, but if you are a father and your son is important to you, um, again, I'm not talking about a son that, that's, that's at risk and, and that's a different sugya. Um, you call my uncle, I'm Avi Fishoff, and in Chas Vashom, you should never have to call him. Um, but I don't believe, I can't believe that a father, um, I don't know, Ruben Feinstein said that Ramosha, right? Moshe Feinstein, I don't think anyone bigger than Ramosha in, 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 right? We don't have to go bigger than that. And he said in the winter, Ramosha would take his clothing and put it on the radiator after Ruben was sleeping. So when he woke up in the morning and he put on his clothing, it would be warm. Right? So I don't know what Ruben was into as a kid. I can't imagine Ramosha had anything, whatever, Ramosha didn't have so much ashaychas, but he connected. Ruben remembers that. Ruben said whenever we had guests, and we had a very chashri guest, I always sat next to my father. I was always more important than everyone else. Um, so you find things. And, and, and we're all, and those of us that are married, Baruch Hashem, right? So when a, men and women are very, very different, right? Kashbrach created that way. It's good like that. Um, there are a lot of things that your wife is into that you're just not. And there's the faking that you like things. Fine, good. And then there's understanding that if my wife is into that, then it's meaningful to me. So we, I think we all, those of us that Baruch Hashem have healthy marriages, recognize that. That even though I'm not into X, Y, and Z, um, I am because she is. That's it. So then just, just next door. Next door down. Um, 
you know, if your son's a, a ball player and you don't have any of two left feet. Um, I, I have a, uh, a parent in my yeshiva who grew up without sports. Without sports. And, and, his, and I called him on his third grade son. So we had a football game. And if I like buying, we played a big football game. And the son said to me, what's football? So the father um, said to me, yeah, I, I, I grew up without sports in my life. I don't know what football is. So, but what does his father do with his son? He plays Battleship with him Friday nights. And his son thinks his father is the coolest guy in the whole world. And I'll teach his son how to play football. I'll teach his son how to play football. I told him you run that way, don't run that way, and you catch it and don't let anyone catch you. And that's it. Um, so. Figure it out. Yeah, it's, if you love your son and he loves Lego, so you're going to play Lego with him, you, you know, even if you're not into Lego, you just get it. I, I, I don't think that's, I'm, I don't understand, the Shiloh to me is a Shiloh of a father that, that has a tough, if you have a great relationship with your son, and your son is into Zach, and you'll get into it. You think I want to go, you think I want to follow sports? <laughs> My kids happen to enjoy baseball, so I have to, you know, I, I'm all, I have to get into the, to the sports with them. Here's a very interesting question. My son got an iPad, and I want him to tag it or keep it in my room at night. And he says, Tati, you don't trust me? What is the right approach? What, what's the father supposed to do then? How old is the boy? Let's say 14. And how do you get the iPad? Okay, no, these, again, a lot of, right? Let's assume he got the iPad as a biometric present and let's assume the parents let, okay? Um, uh, you know, I have an 11th grader, I have a 10th grader, I have a 7th grader. Um, I think any parent that gets their son or daughter um, a smartphone, especially not filtered, is just at best, to down the kafschus, you're a naive parent, at best. And, and, and here's the, the, I'm going to say something that's a little, and it's not even the schmutz. It's not even the schmutz. Your son is the, the the cleanest kid in the world, and you know, and he's not even a sport. It's just, it's just, it, it's woof. As an adult, we all know we all have smartphones, and it's woof to us. And we, and, but but someone that that's not doesn't is not meyusit as a person yet. It's 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 tremendous hezek. It has an effect. It has an effect on the brain. It has a real a tremendous hezek, and and and, and, and uh, socially, it's it's wild. Um, I had, yeah, I'll leave that story out, but. Um, one of my, maybe my proudest chaps in Chinuch was with an iPad. Um, I had a, a, a Talmud I learned with, Bechavrusa. Yankee, we call him. That's his name. We always call everyone Yankee. Yankee's mother calls me and she says, I gave in. We got an iPad for the bar mitzvah, like from, from Aunt, uh, you know, Aunt Razy, and, you know, lives at, you know, in Passaic, doesn't understand it, you know, what, what the dangers of technology. Um, and we finally gave in after eight months, but I'm gonna ask that we tag it. And he screaming, you don't, you don't trust me, screaming. So, so I learned that I come to his house every every once a week to learn. So I said, Mrs. Goldstein, let, let me get a run at it. So I walk into the, and I, I was close with this boy. He was he was in seventh or eighth grade. I don't remember what it was, seventh or eighth grade. So uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit crazy, um, and I walked into their house, and I did the following. I sat down, we were learning Megillah, Sechlis Megillah, me and him. Um, and I sat down, I'm like, oh man, I forgot my Gemara at home. I forgot my Gemara at home. I want my Gemara, it has my notes and I need my Gemara. And then I'm like, I am so tired. 
I'm lazy. I took out my car keys and I flipped it to him. And I said, Yankee, can you do me a favor? Could you drive to my house um, and get my Gemara? It's on my, you know, you, my, my door is open. Can you drive to my house on the kitchen table and get my Gemara? I'm just too lazy. And he looks at me, his eyes like pop open. He just won the lottery. And he says, can I what? I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. can you drive to my house? I, he said, Rebbe, I'm 13. I, said, I trust you. I trust you. Could you drive to my house and, uh, and get my Gemara? So my heart was like booming because he's like, okay. And he got, he got out. I'm like, oh my gosh. He got out of his chair. He leaves his house. He walks to the front of his house. My car is parked in the front. And he gets into my car. Of course, you have to move the seat all the way back because I am very short and he was very tall. And, and like you see him like, Mama Stellan, he was battling. Was it like, what should I, like, what should I do? And he turned the engine on. And that's when I, I'm like, no, I'm not getting up. I have faith. You know, I'm a mind. He turned the engine on. And then he turned the engine off. And he comes back inside. And I played it very cool. And he comes back inside. I'm like, hey, Yankee, where's, where's my Gemara? And he's like, Rebbe, I, I don't have it. So I said, um, why not? He's like, Rebbe, I can't drive. He's like, what are you doing? So why? I trust you. I trust you. So Rebbe, I'm 13. I can't drive. I'm not, I, I'm not trust. I'm 13. I can't drive. So I said to him, Yankee, do you know what happened if you would have driven and you would have crashed into a tree and the cops showed up? I would have been arrested, not you. Let a 13-year-old drive a car? What are you, crazy? Because it has nothing to do with trust. I trust you because you're 13. You can't vote. You can't smoke. You can't drive a car, and you can't have an unfiltered iPad. It has nothing to do with trust. Um, he put on the filter, not so, that, that, you know, uh, had a fun history in life, Baruch Hashem, today he's doing Gavaldic, but it's, it's, don't allow, it's like, you know, when you have these, like these uh, politicians and they have these debates, so that you have a real good debater will, will, will learn how to like rephrase the, the issue. And the kid comes to you and says, Mommy, you don't trust me. It's not the sugi, it's no shaykhis. Of course I trust you. Of course I trust you. you know, I trust you with, with, with everything that, I'm, that, that you're able to be trusted with. And a 13-year-old boy or girl can't smoke, right? Can't buy a cigarette. Can't buy a bottle of wine. Can't buy a gun. Um, and and, and I, I was in charge. I took a technology course. I was in charge of teaching technology to, to the middle school kids in, in YBH. And they used to say, that's dangerous. My zuck to them was, is a pen dangerous? And they all, of course not. I said, really? A pen could kill. A pen could do a million things. But right when I said it for what if you what if your sister was six months old and it was a bulb and it was like a fountain pen? It would have been the most dangerous thing in the world. She could poke her eye out, she could eat the ink, she could write on the wall freshly painted stuff, right? She could do a million, she could kill someone with a pen. Yeah, but it depends how old oh, 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 right. depends how old you are. Depends how old you are. I'm a car. So so that kid has to be told by the parents, it, it's it's not about trust of course i trust you you're 13 a 13 year old boy has to be you know an ipad without a filter is 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 reckless it's reckless it's driving without a seatbelt, drunk and you should have your own phone filtered because if you're a parent ugh, right right but avada even has a phone that's filtered so somebody just texted us in <clears throat> My son is very hurt from his Rebbe. This year, who embarrassed him in front of his entire class. 
He talks about it often to me. I reached out to his Rebbe to share with him, and I received no response. How can I help my son end the school year? Hold on, I lost it. How can I how can I help my son end the school year and move on without having without having such painful thoughts from the actions of the Rebbe? So I, I don't like these questions because uh, yeah, you need more information. In other words, what does that mean? No response. What does that mean? No response. Rebbe, uh, I, I, I almost that's a. I don't know what that means. No response. I, I hold that screaming at, at, in a class is, is, is trafe at a kid. Because screaming is cuss. Right? Screaming is cuss. Um, in 11 years, I screamed at a child once in class. It was my first year of teaching. After I already saved the world with the, with the, with the, with the Gemara Shmuz, a kid fell and got stitches. And another kid jumped, you know, went on top of him, was trying to help him. And like hurt him again. Like like the kid acted like Meshuggah on top of the kid who was ready with stitches. So I screamed at him. I said, David, get away. Scream. What's the matter with you? I screamed at him. And the kid like, oh my gosh, turned red and he walked away. Yankel. His name was Yankel. His name was Yankel. Yankel David. Right. Um, but, and I, and I went home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I screamed at him. And but this, I came back the next day and I quoted the Rambam in Hilchus in, Tshuva, uh, in Parak Bay, somewhere along that area that a person does an Avera. You do Tshuva, Boisa Mokoim, right? You know, but, and you do it where you did the Avera. And I said, I was Ma'ishu Barabim, and I'm apologizing to you, Barabim. Um, and his father called me that night to say, my son came home yesterday, David said, I decided not to call you. And my son came home today and told me how, how, how good his Rebbe made him feel at, at, you know, and what you did. Now again, I'm, I screamed at him, and I haven't, and Hara, I don't, I never screamed at a kid since then. I have a, a Messiah from a Baron Bash, who was my Manal and YSV, I think it's an unbelievable thing, that, and, and I'm speaking on the microphone a lot, especially in camp. Um, and in, in a base medish, I will never say, never believe neither. I will never, I, I never say last names in a microphone. Um, when you want a kid to sit down or you, you know, because then you're embarrassing him. So it's always Yankel, and hopefully there's three or four Yankels, and then you move the microphone and say, Goldstein, sit down. Um, so the Bush of Arabim is, is, is a, is a big deal. Um, I had a Rebbe, I don't think it's a Bush, I had a Rebbe in my yeshiva that came to me and said that he just mund the kid. Um, this was last week, he did something like, showed him like he made him a chug against a kid in front of the whole class and he feels terrible. So I told him what I did 11 years ago and he went back at the class and he apologized to the kid to rob him and, and, and this Rebbe is an amazing Rebbe, he's an amazing kid, Alamilas, and the kid wasn't hurt, but, but that makes, it makes a ratio. So I don't know what that means. When you tell me a Rebbe hurt, mother calls a Rebbe and says, you hurt my child, embarrassed him, and no response? Uh, I don't know what that means. Didn't, didn't respond to the text, so she should reach out again. Yeah, so I had there's something called a phone call, an email, um, and and if be careful because I was a former Rebbe. Now that I'm a Manal, you call the Manal. I mean, again, again, I, I'm assuming this the mice is the way it's being told. The Rebbe embarrassed the kid, and the Rebbe is refusing to to discuss the story. To, uh, it sounds muzar. The answer is that that she the story has to get fixed because if if. I interviewed a kid this year who trying to switch into my yeshiva. And tough kid. And he, he was being very tough on the fahar. I don't want to know. Being very tough with me on the fahar. Like, and his mother was dying. Like, I, we practiced. You're not going to do that. So I asked his mother to leave the room. And I said um, um, to the mother, I said to the kid, um, 
a tough Rebbeim ever? And he said he had a couple of Rebbeim that he, he were baveled him. Let's assume he was right. Again, according to this kid. So I said, so you have a big problem. Because I understand why you don't trust adults. And it's hard for you to trust me. You don't even know me. Um, and here I am. I'm supposed to like all of a sudden for you and decide who you are. Come to my yeshiva. When you had two rebbeim, and his mother told me two rebbeim that were and yet and, and a broken marriage, like a boy that that, that had real problems trusting adults. Um, so I said to him, I understand that you have a hard time trusting adults, and I have to earn your trust. And I'm telling you that all I want to do is help you be matzliach. Um, the only one that can make the next move is you. You would be within your rights. I said, what a Yankee. If, if you would shut down now and walk out and say, I'm not, I don't care, and, and, and never go to school, go to Shemayim, because Baruch will say, wow, I hear. But, or you could learn slowly how to trust again, because you were hurt. And, 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 and it, it's a sugya. Um, and, and then, by the way, just to show that I'm not, a, I'm not just a schmoozer, I told, his mother, I told him, what do you like to do? He likes to play piano. So I'm a little bit musical, and I mund his mother, he better start getting lessons again. Um, and he started playing piano again, and he called me, uh, and then he, and, and and then he started learning Gemara again. Um, and so when you say that Rebbe that hurt him, um, again, I'm assuming the story is true. Someone chatted, and they're 100 right. The parents should not have texted a Rebbe. You you hurt my son. They should have called the Rebbe. Um, I, I'm assuming this horrible story is true. That 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 that's a, they're gonna have to build this kid up again. And the next year's Rebbe is gonna is gonna have a much harder time gaining his trust. That's that's that's. That's horrible. She has to call the Rebbe, call the Manal, and, and again, I, I'm not for calling Manalim. Manal, we have, why would you want to bother the Manal? Um, but I, I would, to me, it sounds almost like this, this is a broken telephone, assuming that the Rebbe is not a, is someone that belongs in the classroom. Right. I got a few of these type of questions. One person wrote in the questions, for whatever reason is, they can't mess with the Rebbe. They can't mess with the Can't them. mess with the Rebbe. What does that mean? What do those words mean? And saying, and they, 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 they screamed at him publicly in front of his friends, for instance, and being upfront with the yeshiva is not an option. Will likely make things worse. You can register Yeshiva Katan in Manhattan. I'll send you the um, email to the secretary, the office secretary. They should switch yeshivas. I agree. Okay, let's jump okay, into the next you question. You're in a yeshiva that the Rebbe is Mavayish Sambirabim. And the Hanahol, again, I'm assuming the story is true, not that there's seven sides. If, if this actually, is no, no, sorry, I want to read the rest of the question, okay? No, oh, this is fine. Let's read the whole thing, because it's actually going to be better. Say the name of the yeshiva while you're at it. No. Yeshiva <laughs> ABC. What's the best way to support a validate child of high school age who is being singled out by someone in the administrative position? He has screamed that publicly in front of his friends, for instance, and being upfront with yeshiva is not an option. It will likely make things worse. He is broken and traumatized. We have sought professional help to help him cope. Things have not improved. He's just getting through, but... I know this is causing real damage. What should I do? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because it's, 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 it's a cry. Um, first of all, he's in Masifta. It's a little different. Because Manalim and Masifta are much nastier than Manalim in elementary schools. Um, but in Masifta, a Rebbe could have a much more of an impact and like save the day more than an elementary school. And I was if, if... It goes the other way also. It sure does. Yeah. A Rebbe is much more impactful in a Masifta than Islamic school because the boy is ready to make big moves. Um, I, I, again, the story is as is Manal is being Bavayish and Berabim and the kids in therapy because of it. Why are they still in that yeshiva? Because they can't, because it's hard to find another yeshiva. I mean, the answer is, and this is like the question you're asking me. My, 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 my son is being beaten up by his Manal. He's being cut with a knife, you know, often. 
And whatever I do, there's no one home. What should I do to help my son cope with being cut with the knives? The answer is Kalatzala. I mean, I don't know. Buy him a gun. What? Buy him a gun. Yeah, buy him a gun. Yeah. That's horrible. I'm not belittling the story. It's horrible. And, and, and. Okay, everybody, let's jump into this. Different, different angle here. My son is a 10th grade and he's been joking around about using e-cigarettes for a while. I found him with an e-cigarette last week. When I try confiscating from him, he tells me, we'll just go get another one. There's a boy that sells it and everyone is doing it. What's the big deal anyway? What scares me even more, he's been joking around about getting a smartphone for quite a bit. And he told me it's simply can go to Walmart and get it. Can I, what can I expect? Can I, can I expect that having, having a smartphone without us, know, us knowing it is in the near future? What is our role as parents in dealing with these kinds of issues? He one hundred. He one hundred percent. That's a good. That that's a good. Fine. Oh, good, good. The other ones were scaring me, like scary. I don't know. Yeah, manalim that are beating up. Yeah, horrible. Like, I don't know. I'm defending my making macha for all the manalim, all the wonderful manalim, uh, and future manalim, like uh, um, the person who used to be a rebbe in uh, in Dallas, Texas. But anyways, um, um, he can buy an iPhone. And an iPad in 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 Walmart and wherever and e-cigs, you can definitely um, buy it. Um, I once heard such a, a powerful line. It's a powerful. I remember it. It was twenty years ago um, from Rabbi Greenwald, Zachary Greenwald. He said, "Let's begin to fight with your kids. What's the worst thing a parent could do to a kid? From parent to a from kid, the worst thing you could do is throw him out of the house. Right? That's lachayr. If you ask the big, the worst thing you could do, son, you no, know, cut him off. Cut him off. Throw him out of the house. Fine. That's your. What's the worst thing?" A 15-year-old 10th grade son could do to his father. Very simple. Not put on film. That's the worst thing he could do, right? Not put on film. So who's carrying a water pistol and who's carrying a nuke? Right? It's an, if, if you ever make that fight, if, if it's a fight, a vikuach, a battle between you and your mesifta age boy, your 10th grader, uh, no shot. No shot. So it can't be a battle. And you're right. Yeah, he could get E6 from anywhere. E6, cigarettes, today is much worse. Drink, all of that. All of that is readily available. It's one thing and one thing only to have an open and deep and honest relationship with your son. That's it. Will he be honest? Will he trust? Will he? Will, does he think you're, you're being facetious? Does he think that you're, it's having a relationship to talk to him? And, and, and it's just... I once had a, a Talmud, a 10th grader, not, not my own 10th grade Talmud, uh, from a different yeshiva. Father called me. His son wanted a computer. So I said, I'm not getting a computer. So I wanted to give it to the father. The kid stole his father's wallet. And he said, I'm not giving you the computer. I'm not giving you a wallet back until you buy me a computer. Right? Crazy mice. Father calls, what should I do? So I said, my Natiya my, is call the cops. This was 15 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago. My Natiya is call the cops. The kid is a Ghana. Call the cops. Let me call my uncle. Yeah, I, right? I know my uncle is a shame dover. Um, Avi Fishoff. Um, um, I don't know, he, he, he deals with in extreme cases. He summoned people out a lot of strong opinions about him, and I, I think he's most, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, a very, very hush of a life-saving person. My uncle told me the craziest thing in the world. He said to me, tell the father to go to Best Buy and buy the most expensive computer in the store and give it to his son. So I said to my, my high, and he just said, he said, awesome. He said, this is not a kid that wants a computer. I also want things, and you, your son also wants things, and he asks you, and you say no. This is a chil and nefesh. Someone who steals his father's wallet and says, I'm not giving you the wallet back until you buy the computer is not a kid that wants his computer. He's a kid who's a meshugana. So, the old, so you have to get him help. Take him to a therapist and get him help. 
But the father has to show this kid that I love you and I'm there for you and, and you want a computer, here's a computer. Let's go to a therapist to figure out why you're stealing my wallet. The, it's, it's, if your son wants an e-cig, right? And you tell him no, and that's not tell him. He understands from the chinuch in your house that cigarettes, that, that alcohol for a 10th grader, you know, that marijuana, all of these things are, are pasnish for him. Then, then he won't. And, and, and if he's going to buy without you knowing, that means that there's a breakdown in the Kesher. And you're going to tell him no? Wow, that's good. You know, good luck telling a teenager no. It's, it's about the open relationship, the trusting relationship to have. And it's hard with teenagers. Teenagers don't, don't like to be open. Parents, you know, I have a 10th grader and 11th grader. They're both superstars. Um, but, you know, they love, they have mastered the three-word answer. Oh. Right. Yeah. How do I motivate my son who seems to be satisfied with just passing grades? He says, well, he says, what's the point? What's the difference if I get a 90 or 70, I pass and I'm fine. Why should I work harder? He's motivated. What happens when he's in camp and he's on, and it's a football game, he's a quarterback. Is he, does he, is he okay being in second place? He's an unmotivated kid. He doesn't care about by playing guitar that he comes home and plays every single night for two hours. But he's learning, learning is not motivated. So I'm saying, right? I, I, I'm Rick Lavoying you. Avadi's a motivated right. kid. He's not, he's not an atlas. He is incredibly motivated. Um, he just doesn't find maybe the sipo kanefesh. It's not worth it for him. I had a, a one of my, I had a counselor this summer. He's not on because I'm gonna I'm not gonna say his name. His name is Yankee, of course. Last night at camp, he comes to me. Two in the morning, as all like all of these stories happen, and he says to me, "Rabbi Shom, can I speak to you?" I said, "Sure." No one's sleeping at two o'clock the last night, um, and this guy uh, is a chashav. He's a real. He's a classic good ben Taira and a mesmedrish and a wonderful mesmedrish, clean as a whistle, alamilas, wonderful good kid. And he says to me, um, "And we didn't talk about camp tonight, but 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 he says to me, I want to tell you what you, what camp did to me. So he's a counselor." He said, I'm a good boy during the year. I'm a Bainini. So he says to me, I get, you know, 80s, not 90s. I learn, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good boy. I don't miss Shachris, but I'm not, a, I'm a nobody. I'm just a regular guy. I come to camp and I don't want to give it who it was because there were certain things in camp that stood out. And I have Aleph and Bays and Gimel and Dal that I did for you this summer that gave me Sipuk, that made me matter, that the kids liked me. The kids talked about it. They look up to me. And he started crying. This kid's a regular yeshiva bach. If his friends knew he was crying, the guy would, 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 he would die. He's like, these four weeks will last my me the entire year. The sipuka nefesh and the self-esteem that I feel will last me the entire year. And I don't miss darm. So that boy that's not motivated and he gets 90s and not 70s, it's because he's not matzliach. Whatever he's matzliach in, he, recess time comes and he's incredibly matzliach and guitar and, and art it's 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 the Rick Lavoie Zug is there's no such thing as an unmotivated kid we like you just again you think of that and we all know that anyone Rebbe knows those kids that whatever you do they won't do work they are the most creative kids in the world they have, your son has no creativity he'll never write an essay really my son is the most creative kid in the world nicht zu schreiben right not to write the essay so that kid that is, 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 he's afraid of failure probably. He's got clapped a hundred times by, by trying and getting a 70. So why should he try? It's not that he's not motivated to get a 90. It's that it's not worth, it's not worth it. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking generically, but, but um, who doesn't want to be matzliach? Show me the person in the world that is, that is okay being a Bainini, and, I'll and that person is afraid because he probably got clapped too many times, and therefore he's afraid to fail. Everyone wants to be a Mitsuyan. It's just, why should I try? I could try to be a Mitsuyan in, in, in Stratomatic, if that's, if, which probably one person on this, I don't know if anyone, or she knows what Stratomatic is? Stratomatic is, a, is a, the greatest card game of all time. It's a baseball dice game. Um, uh, but but it's it's everyone right so so that's all I know. You got the fourzies? You got the fourzies? Cuff patch, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's jump on this question. Um, I have a few sons. Some of them are amazing, masmidim, like really smart, great kids. I have my youngest son, who's not so smart. It seems like he's suffering since everybody compares him to his brothers when he's not capable of being on their level. How could I make him feel the special for just being him? So I'm one of three boys. I have to be very careful how I, who am I, right? In the, in the, <laughs> um, and I have three boys. Um, it's all the same. I, 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 it just, it's like Ein L, really, is the answer. But it's, it gets so much harder said than that. I remember that, the mice that I told before was such a scary story. When the father said to me, when I said, your son doesn't feel like you value him, I said, Maisa's younger brother is a Matsuyan. father said those words, like he wasn't even embarrassed to say that to me. Like, oh my gosh. Um, there's no such thing as your, your son is, is not a Matsuyan. He's a Matsuyan in certain things. He's a Matsuyan in certain things. I've, I've had, you know, as, again, I'm, I'm a first year Manal, so as I, I can only speak in very limited experience. But, but, but I've been a counselor in camp for long enough, for, for 11 years. So, you, you see brothers sometimes, and you see families, one, two, three, four, four siblings. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll meet with the sta head staff, and they'll say, I know everyone thinks that that's the Mitsuyan. They're wrong. That's the Mitsuyan. He's nice about all. He's confident. He has a certain people skills that other brothers have. Yeah, the other one in yeshiva, is that right? So, so it, it's, it's who we think the Mitsuyan is, is so often not in 20 years from now. Um, Uh, what if I approach the Shiloh and to just answer the question by saying, do you love any of your children any less than any other ones? Because the other one is a bigger masmid. If the answer is, like, like again, I'm, I'm speaking so easy and it's so hard because certain things that we value as in our system. So when your son gives you nachas and makes you proud, right? Because he's a valedictorian, because, you know, he's just three, he has a good three-point shot. Um, um, so, you know, those, those things, is all these things I'm saying are so idealistic. I, I, I feel like it, it, it's so much easier said than done. And I'm speaking to myself 10 times over because I have three boys and they're each different and each incredible in their own way. Um, and I would take all three of them to an island if I had to. Um, eh, no. Um, <laughs> but... We get stuck as parents in the minutia and in, in, in just getting frustrated with a struggling kid. We get stuck in, in the fact that one kid doesn't want to come to shul until he's in sixth grade, and, but, but, but you know, Shimmy's kid comes to, to shul in sixth grade. We get stuck in, in vicariously needing that kid to live up to our own expectations. 
So we, we once in a while, usually again, usually it's their wife, you need a wife, um, that's what I use, um, daily, to, 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 to remind you of the milas and of, of the chashivas of each. And we, we, we all talk about, we, all we, it's like such fluff. It's like my father um, always used to always try, everyone talks about achdos, 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 right? Every, every time there's chashosh, until, but you know, until you, as long as you do it my way, then it's 100% achdos, right? It's, it's, it's what we all talk about, valuing the individual and the chashivas of the yachid. And everyone has what to give a Kaddish Baruch and a Kaddish Baruch, and everyone's a Ben Yachid by Kaddish Baruch, and everyone has their own Tafkid and their own Tachlis, and all the stories in the Misholim, the, 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 the orchestra with one Tanua was off in the orchestra and it wasn't the same, right? All, all the Misholim and all the stories, <laughs> until it's their own son who got a 68 on, on, on his Chumash test, or, or, or you know, is, is, you know, is uh, can't 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 dribble a, a basketball, and the other one, the other two could, or you know, uh, you know, I don't know. You're an artist, and you have two sons are artists, and the third one, you know, you know, can't draw. All of a sudden, and then so, it's all easier said than done. But the more we hear it, and the more we know what the ideal is, we could sabislach, you know, slowly try to slowly make tikkunim and 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 uh, to quote, you know, yeah. The, I think I've, I think I've, I've said it all. I, I think you kind of know what I'm going to answer every question. Kind of. I don't, I don't think I'm saying it's chidushim. I'm, 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 it's just, we just have to keep hearing it. And I speak to myself more than anyone. All right, let's go to closing. Meridik, beautiful. I think we covered a lot. And here we go. You ready? First of all, good for coming on, everybody. We appreciate it. And um, tonight was beautiful. It was really open, clear. I think the bottom line is like Rabbi Trank says, gotta just gotta love them. That's at the bottom line. <laughs> the whole share in a nutshell. But um, thank you again for coming on. It's Maridik again tonight. If anybody wants to join the, the WhatsApp, uh, please WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. And every Sunday I will send you the flyer. If you want to go to nachenbarfel.com, you can get sign up to the emails and uh, every week get the email again. Every, everybody's here the first time, every Sunday night at 9.30. This is my idea. We have different cheer and different topics. Please spread the word. Next week, we're going to have June 19th, an amazing event with Rebbe Epstein, who's known as the Dating and Marriage Pro. The topic is an open discussion about dating and marriage. It should be amazing, powerful. I know he's big in this, in this field. And uh, we'll find out next week. So uh, please come and join us. It's relevant to everybody. So um, please come. And I wanted to just say, um, to uh, again, tonight, everything is recorded. We'll be if anybody has any questions, please email coachmanachmajima.com. Tonight, share, share 105. And if you want to listen in tomorrow, we'll be on our phone lines at 848-777-GROW. That's 848-777-GROW. Thank you to Lake with Scoob, Rabbi Yenif Chazak, Elian Ariel from Five Town Central, and Chayel Kaufman Shmusam from JCN. And uh, let's go to wrapping it up. Menachem will go first, the Rabbi Ari. I want you to leave us with a... With a, with a, with a, with a chizuk. Coach Menachem. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think you said it all. And it's like a, a real boot camp. It's work and we, we could talk about it and we should talk about it. And when then, when it, when it happens, we have to sit down, you know, go into a different room and try to see what triggers and the, the way you look at it. And that, that uh, you know, the woman that said she's ready to have, to have kids and she wants to know what to do, it's beautiful. You'll learn, you'll read books, and then when that happens, Mitzvah Shem, 
that's when you'll see it and you'll get to work. And that's when we learn it. We learn relationships with our spouse. And it's good to, you know, come here tonight, here with all the struggles. And it's amazing. And then when you're actually in the, in the boot camp, that's when the work comes up. I just want to mention that when a parent or a Rebbe has a certain feeling towards a kid, it's, it's you know, it's, they can try to say whatever they want, but the kids pick up. For some reason, they smell it. It's, 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 they, can, they can feel, they can see what's the real feeling inside. So I just want to put down a practical, something that it, it's work, but, you know, try it out before you do anything. Sit in a, a room, quiet, look at that child. You're having a hard time to find my list, to find something good and, and work on it. Sit on it and then try to, you know, to, uh, you know, visualize, talk to him, positive. In the beginning, it's going to be hard because you're playing, you're not really feeling it. And do it over and again, till slowly you feel a little bit of a change, till you pick up, make a list of things that, yes, he does do, even though uh, the other things irk you and they press your buttons. But, and that slowly you can create that relationship that the child should feel. So when you actually go out and you say, you know, what are you interested in playing? Let's, let's have a good time. They should actually feel that you mean it and not just playing the game. So thank you very much, everyone, for coming tonight. And in Mitzvah with a lot of Siyat Rishmaya, with uh, coming here and hearing about it. Hashem should help us all, wherever we are, whatever age it is, whether it's Rebbe or a parent. And if we want, and with a tefillah, Hashem should help us all in Mitzvah Shem. Rabbi Night State of America. Let's go. So I want to end off with, with what I think one of the most powerful varts that I've heard. And I heard it in the name of Rebellious Svei, that it's a Rashi that many of us are familiar with, that when Yosef at Tzadik was faced with the Nisayin of Eshes Petifar, so he was about to be Nikshal, and Rashi quotes the Chazal, it's a Gemara in Saita, Rasa de must yuknishal aviv, Rasa bechaloin de must yuknishal aviv, I think it's Rasa de must yuknishal bechaloin. In the window, he saw the image of Yaakov Avinu, and that caused him to, to, be, to be Nishmar from Chet. So Rebel Yisvei asked, why a chaloin? Meaning, Yosef HaTzadik was about to do an Aveh with Eshus Petifar, and the simple understanding is that he saw Yaakov Avinu in a window, right? So he didn't really see Yaakov Avinu, it's in a window. Meaning he thought of the image. First up is a chaloin, a window. He saw Yaakov in a window, in the Wachaychus. He thought of Yaakov Avinu, that's Aleph. And you know, really, like, why mention the chaloin? Rasa, he saw in the Shemaim. Why, why the chaloin? He saw the most. So, really, he said an unbelievable touch. He said chaloin in, in, in Chazal, Lashon Chazal, also means a mirror. Mishnai is chaloin is a mirror. And he said, it's not, pshat, it's not the pshat that he saw Yaakov Avinu. And he laid he, he the, the Gemara like this. Ra'a, ra'a dumus diyuknoi. Yosef looked in the mirror and he saw his own image. He saw himself. He saw Yosef at Tzadik. But he saw his image, Shel Aviv. He saw himself the way his father saw him. Yosef was, was in the bar. He was, in the, he, he, was, he was before the bar. But he was in Mitzrayim. He looked at himself. Ich bin a, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. Right? Self-esteem, doubt. So therefore, I could do that Avera. And he looked and he saw a mirror and he saw the way Yaakov Avinu views him. 
He saw his own image, but the way his father sees him. He saw the chashivas that his father had for him. He saw the love and the, the, the way in which his father viewed him. Ah, you're Yosef. And he got that self-esteem back. It's because he saw himself through his father's eyes. And that's the, the, the power that we have as mechanchen, as rebbeim, as mothers, as fathers, as, to, to affect our children's lives is to give them the self-worth, is to make them feel chashiv, to make them feel like a million dollars. Because the, the, the scary part is, almost like the sad part is, we all feel that our children are worth a million dollars, billions of dollars. Every one of our child is worth, a mil, is worth every penny we have. We, Varaya, we all use every penny we have to pay for tuition children. So we, we don't just say it, we mean it. We, every penny we have, our children are worth that. We as flawed human beings um, struggle to emote that and to give that over to our children and to our students. And that's our chreis. And, and obviously the more we have in zich, the more we can work on how our, our, our healthy we are, the, the more comfortable we'll be in sharing with others. And so uh, just to end with, with a bracha, that the fact that um, hundreds of people come to just to literally, that, that, as the, that woman said, to try to, women even without children, but to try to, to become better, b'nai Torah, b'nai Torah, avdei Hashem, to try to improve ourselves. It's, 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 a, it's, it's an unbelievable schus for me to have been part of such a chash of a platform. Um, and... Uh, my bracha, berachas to all of us is that we should be matzliach in having our children, our tamidim, see the real love that we have for them. Amen. 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 Thank you, Abari. Beautiful. Also. Everybody next week, same time, same place. Beruvu and Epstein. Take care. Good night. Hi, it's Coach Menachem here. If you enjoyed, please consider supporting us with a small monthly, monthly donation to help sustain the future episodes and it will be greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance.